0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Nothing more intoxicating than the meld of emotions and sensations that is Friday night. Friday night is the sound of that crowd, the pride of that community, the way that that grass smells. I've never felt in my adult life the way that I felt on Friday nights. That's what those kids are playing for. They're playing for that emotion. They're playing for that brotherhood and all of that sensory input that comes from Friday night. That's why they're playing high school football in this country. It is this common thread that weaves through the American fabric. Whether you live in Compton, California, or you live in Appalachia, if you played the game at the high school level, you have this common bond Of representing that community. Anyone who disparages where the game is based on myriad reasons. I'm not buying it. I'm around the game every day on these campuses. I see the impact it has on these young men. I see the way that these coaches are able to grow high school boys into NFL or professional men and it's just beautiful.
2: Good afternoon, everybody, or should we say good evening here on a beautiful afternoon, the 30th day. We've got one more day remaining here in 2020. We have no idea what's ahead of us here at 21, but we can say this. We do know one thing that's ahead of us in 21, and that is on the 2nd, you can promise yourself this. Set your watch, check your calendar, because the fellows at Southern Sports Central, along with our good friends in the upstate at the high school blitz, are putting together an epic opportunity. It's an epic game with 84 of the best chosen seniors, the class of 21. What better way to start 21 than do it with the class of 21? And it's going to happen over at Woodland High School this Saturday. Now, the stage is almost set, and the players are almost here. It almost feels a little like Christmas as you know the song very well, but I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Tomorrow afternoon, around 3 o'clock, when these players start to arrive at the hotel and they start to get out and introduce themselves to their coaches and to us here at Southern Sports Central, and, of course, those over there at the South Carolina High School Blitz, we will begin the journey that will lead us to kickoff at 1 o'clock at Woodland High School down the road on Highway 78 between St. George South Carolina, home of the Grits Festival, and Somerville, South Carolina. That's home of the legendary John McKissick. All that being said, practice, and I didn't say practice has to happen before the game does. So there'll be a lot of that conversation on Friday. On Thursday, there'll be some, well, conversations and a practice, by the way. But along with that, there'll also be some interviews, some one on ones, an opportunity for everybody to get familiar with, well, everyone else. So I'm looking forward to it, as I'm Richie Alpin, going to be live with you all weekend long right here on Southern Sports Central. But we're going to do some television on Saturday. We talked a little bit about it on Monday night. So I'll talk about it right now here on Wednesday night. And that is of uh, a good friend of mine, of course, uh, a guy who does an incredible job of putting into the productions when it comes down to his brand. And, uh, you know, when you talk about all the ins and all the outs of of what happens uh, in, in high school football, I've had a chance to work with Pearl TV SC. And it is, without a doubt, has been a blast this past year. So when I had a chance one more time to reach out to Joe Grammer and say, Joe, I know we're not doing basketball and I know they've paused the wrestling scene. But, you know, I'd love to bring Pearl TV SC to the big game. That's the only game the only senior bowl in the state of South Carolina. and Joe, without a doubt, said I'd love to join with you guys at, of course, Southern Sports Central, being a part of that media team. And, of course, we join up with the high school blitz and doing it all in one. Now, pregame's going to start at 1230. Myself and Everett Sands, who, of course, did his show last night right here in Southern Sports Central, will be bringing that game to you, of course, um, at twelve thirty, that's the pregame. One o'clock is the kickoff. At around that time, we will go live and uh, we will get you uh, quarter to quarter, sideline to sideline, end zone to end zone action from the beginning to the end. It will be a very, uh, I expect, a very incredible game across the way, the airways over there. So again, the best thing I can tell you, if you have not done it yet, do it right now. Go over there to YouTube and search Pearl TV SC, like, subscribe, we got you from there. Because right before we go on the air on Saturday, it will send your phone, it will send whatever device you have an alert. Now, if you're going to the game, if you're going to the game, watch it on your TV while you watch it in person. It's kind of a neat thing. Bring your earbuds. Enjoy the entire weekend because it's going to be one epic event with 84 of the epic seniors ready to ball out. Now, with that being said, there's not just our game on Saturday. There's been games all around the great state of South Carolina, but no football game. It's been all basketball as I bring in the man, the myth, and a good time guy up in the up part of South Carolina on the Grand Strand, Brandon Bing. He's been covering the, course, Beach Ball Classic up there in my hometown of Myrtle Beach all week long. Of course, he is the voice of the uh, North Myrtle Beach Chiefs during the basketball season. Brandon, good afternoon. Glad to have you. Happy belated Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. All that good stuff here on our Wednesday night show, buddy.
3: Yep. Good to be back. Uh, We'll have a show this week um, after a couple of weeks of hiatus. But, yeah, it's good to be back, but it's it's been a pretty crazy uh, week or so with baseball. That's for sure.
2: Now, let's talk a little bit about the beach ball because a lot of things have closed down. And again, this is a traditional basketball tournament, one of the best in the country that happens every time of year, this time of year. Now, the girls, you know, they had their thing before Christmas, if I'm not mistaken. The boys are doing their things here after Christmas. Kind of give us the breakdown. How have things been and and kind of give us the, the I guess the inside look since we haven't had a chance to get up there. And a lot of our listeners haven't been at the beach ball. How have they done with this whole social distance thing?
3: Yeah, it's been – they've limited tickets uh, to, I think, if I remember correctly, I think it's like 1,200 or something along those lines. Um, So definitely limited capacity so that people can socially distance uh, and just kind of a limit on everything. They've been sanitizing the entire gym and, like, all the seats and everything in between games. Uh, so that's been another factor, and then also um something that they've done to kind of both expedite the the process but also to allow uh more games to be played without necessarily having to have to worry about as many fans as they've put some of the games over at the sports center across the way from the convention center as well, so they've done a number of things to try to you know mitigate any risks possible
2: now of course you've been covering it here all week long uh kind of give us who were who some of the hot teams uh, as you guys i believe have made it to the elimination chambers and the winning chambers all that kind of is now in place right i mean you've got the brackets yeah. kind of set heading into the weekend
3: yeah um well heading into tomorrow which is the last day of the uh of the tournament uh, as of right now, on the championship side, um, Milton, and, Milton out of Georgia and Greensboro Day out of North Carolina face off uh, later this evening. Uh, they they will be one team that will be playing in the championship on the, on the championship bracket. And Oak Ridge, who started off the tournament for them by beating North Myrtle Beach, but in a pretty close game, only one by eight points. Uh they are facing off against Calvary Christian, uh, to be to determine who would be the uh other team in the championship game. Uh both teams from Florida. So on one side guaranteed a Florida team and the other side not sure if it will be um, a a a uh Georgia team or a North Carolina team. And then on the in the consolation bracket, uh, two local schools made it up to the semi or yeah into the semifinals of the consolation bracket. That being Carolina Forest and North Myrtle Beach, but they both lost today. Uh, Carolina Forest lost to Cape Fear Christian, and North Myrtle Beach lost to Cannon out of North Carolina. Both of those schools out of North Carolina, and so there will be a rematch. Uh, tomorrow afternoon between Carolina Forest and North Myrtle Beach for that, uh, you know, basically the consolation third-place game uh, between those two.
2: Yeah, I'm looking here now. Brandon uh, has joined us all the way up on the Grand Strand. He's at the Southern Sports Central Studios up on the Grand Strand. as I'm down here in Charleston. He's been covering the Beach Ball Classic, uh, another great event happening. And and I I applaud those on the Grand Strand for letting this not – not happen if that makes sense. I'm glad it's happening. It's something that is is something that's happened for a long time. It started, matter of fact, at Sockacy High School, and has grown tremendously ever since that day. And of course, Coach D'Antonio, who uh, is uh, one of the uh, founders, I believe, back in the day uh, of yep. uh, of this tournament. Right. So this is something that's been happening for for many years. And I was trying to look at the anniversary here. I believe this is the 40th anniversary of this yep, tournament yep. happening. Right.
3: Yep. Yes, it is, and one thing that I'm hoping that this uh covid situation this year um will help with you know soccer always is in it, obviously because they are the founders of the of the tournament uh and Myrtle Beach, at least in years past, has often been in it, but I'm hoping that this gives the the group deciding what teams to decide to invite into the tournament, some pause and decide to potentially put in a North Myrtle beach, put in a Carolina forest, put in a St. James who was originally going to be in it, but then they ended up pulling out, uh, have some of the local schools for a number of reasons, give them an invite, give them the opportunity to play in this, uh, Because it's not like, you know, it's not like this is a tournament that is very small, and yes, they want to get some of the top schools in the country into this, but, you know, just leaving, you know, four spots uh, out of, you know, 32. uh, Right. You know, leave those spots in to allow... The local teams to show off what they can do and and improve
2: you know and I'm looking here at a lot of games I believe I guess took place today with Gray Collegiate is that right no that was yesterday on the 29th where I I believe they actually had one of their big men went down with an injury I've seen a lot of social media on that now they took a tough loss 77-65 at a team out of Milton Georgia now Gray Collegiate you know, we saw what they did in football, right? They were very good in football. It's one of those charter schools over there in Columbia. And basketball seems to also be another high point of what they do. How, how impressed were you with a team out of uh, Great Collegiate? Again, this is a 2A school in the state of South Carolina playing some 5A style football or basketball on the hardwood.
3: Yeah, I, and and it's kind of funny. I mentioned on the broadcast today um, during the game between you know North Myrtle Beach and Cannon, that you know we've talked about it on on the show a bunch about South Carolina that the that the public schools are the ones that are the big ones and that are the most prominent when it comes to football and and for the most part basketball, whereas in North Carolina and in some other states, it's the private schools that are right. uh, you know that are the big time programs, and I think. Gray kind of gets that because they're in an area where they can get some of the top, and they have the tradition, and and the prestige. Give <coughs> me, where they can get some of the better players out of the Charleston area, and and grow that program in basketball. And the thing about basketball is, you get one or two top notch players. And you can right. dominate, especially on the high school level.
2: But, you, you know, you mentioned that on the public schools and the private schools. And, I mean, even back in the day, I remember Trajan Langdon came in all the way from uh, Alaska. You know, he was one of the guys that came in at East Anchorage, Alaska, uh, a private school up on that side of the world or that side of the uh, the map there. But, but in other teams, you look at the New York guys. They, they've always got those Catholic schools that are private up there as well. But another team, another team. That was well represented, and I believe they actually did. They play today. And I have to look at the notes here, but it's First Baptist. I mean, First Baptist. I know they actually mm-hmm. also played on, on Tuesday, and uh, you know they won their game in Game One, beating Cape Fear Academy in North Carolina. But First Baptist, a yeah. Skiza school down here in Charleston, also, mm-hmm. by the way, very good in football. And the only thing that knocked them out of the playoffs with an undefeated season was COVID because they were well on their mm-hmm. way in football to winning a state championship. Here they go in basketball with a lot of those same big dudes and dogs that are ready to blow through this tournament. And, and it sounds like, you know what, they didn't do too bad neither, being a small skiza school over there on James Island in uh, Charleston, South Carolina.
3: Yeah, they were able to beat Cape Fear Academy, who I saw firsthand uh, on Monday because they ended up, they were then in the facing off against uh, North Merrill Beach. Uh, in the eliminate or in the uh, in or actually no, excuse excuse me. Uh, they played Cape Fear Christian. uh, Right. Yesterday, you have Cape Fear Academy and Cape Fear Christian. Uh, but so the um, but yeah, First Baptist did good, but then they they ended up they had to face off yesterday. Against Oak Ridge, who looks like they are going, they are the odds-on favorite to win the whole thing uh, this year. Them along with uh, with Milton, because they've been they've been dominant. And uh, I, you know, North Myrtle Beach saw it firsthand. Even though they gave them a great game, they have some ballers on that team over at Oak Ridge.
2: Oh, yeah, no doubt. Now, let me ask you this. As we're live right now, we're, we're coming at you from the upper part of the coastline in Myrtle Beach from our Southern Sports Central studios up there with Brandon Biscoe being Of course, uh, you hear him right here on Friday mornings. I'm Richie Yelman down here in the Charleston studio. Now, with that, we look at the, the, the cancellation uh, bracket because it does feature mm-hmm. a, a lot more of our guys, unfortunately, where well, you see great collegiate. Now, they played this morning at, at 830. You know, uh, did the, you who did you say? Did they end up playing that Cape Fear Christian, and did they pull out the victory, or or were they knocked out of that game this morning?
3: Uh, Gray Collegiate um, actually played. Uh, let me look at the bracket. Oh yes, um, they actually played uh, this afternoon. Uh, they okay. played against Bishop McLaughlin, uh, and they lost. Um, they lost to of McLaughlin out of uh, out of Florida this morning.
2: Got this you. Afternoon. So they'll actually play tomorrow morning. So that's Thursday. So, okay. I got my bracket yeah. again right no, here. No, the they spray, play, refreshed.
3: They'll
2: play tomorrow afternoon. Okay, tomorrow afternoon. Okay. All right. Yeah. Now, Sheral and Sokesty, or, or is that accurate as well? They actually will be playing uh, tomorrow against one another as well.
3: No. Uh oh wait, yes, you are correct. They will be playing uh tomorrow against each other. Um that actually will not be at the uh that will not actually be at um the convention center. That will be at Crabtree Gym tomorrow uh morning at ten o'clock. But uh yeah, Sherron and Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach had a nail biter this morning 'cause they had they won on a buzzer beater uh, this morning 5957 uh, over at the sports center uh, to hmm. move on to their next game.
2: and they'll say actually Cape Fear Academy, that game's Thursday yeah. tomorrow uh, in the morning. Again, these are the numbers that are coming out now Cape Fear Academy now ducks soccer, and, and that 's why you 're seeing Cheron and Socasty playing one another. and then in the other one you got Carolina Forest. this has got to be weird for you, brother. Carolina Forest, who you cover in football? Wait a minute, North Myrtle Beach? You th- covered them in basketball. Th- do you have a shirt with this half and half? I mean, what are you going to do tomorrow?
3: You, you know what's funny about this? They it was, it was Carolina Forest against North Myrtle Beach in the first game of the season for basketball. Hmm. And since I hadn't done anything with North Myrtle Beach the whole season, and I didn't have any other mask, I was wearing my Carolina Forest mask to the game. <laughs> While doing it technically under the North Myrtle Beach banner, but that game and and especially and and this game as well, uh, for a number of reasons, I'm gonna promote it on both sides as well. Uh, sure. this, these games, I'm definitely gonna be calling much more right down the middle uh, than I would at, at other times uh, because of my connection to both schools.
2: Well, I can tell you the hardest game I've ever covered as we're live right now, Brandon Bisco going up there in the, of course, uh, Southern Sports Central Studios on the Grand Strand, watching, keeping up with, and covering the Beach Ball Classic for us here on Southern Sports Central. As we have boots on the ground all week long over there. But the hardest game I've ever called actually was a basketball game. And it was when I was at Somerville, and they actually played in a playoff game against Sokka And I got to tell you, being an alumni of one, and being with his other teams since, gosh knows, forever, it was really, really hard. It, it was really hard, and, and you found yourself – I don't know how – and for a minute, for just a moment, I, I understood Kirk Herbstreit, how he must feel sometimes when he covers the Ohio State Buckeyes and maybe somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, Again, it's, it's, it was something that I said to myself. I loved an opportunity to watch my alumni play basketball or play any sport. I just don't want to be on the other side calling it against them. And, uh, you know, of course, Mm Curtin does it down the line because he's supposed to be, you know, open minded. We all know how that works out. But even being open minded, you still find yourself kind of leaning towards, you know, uh, that school that you spent four years at, whether it was college or or, or high school. Um, You know, so when you look at it. So before we take a quick break, we'll come back. We're going to change some gears. We'll talk some some college football with you because, um, you know, you've got your Sports Unlimited show coming up. On uh, Friday morning, I'm going to join you. You're going to be up there towards uh, the Beach Ball Classic. We'll be down here at the hotel, by the way, coming to you from the lobby, the breakfast, if you will, part of the show. And uh, it'll be a lot of fun because there'll be, guess what, J.J. J. Jones will be with us. We'll have the defensive back young man from Myrtle Beach. He'll be with us. Uh, there's going to be multiple guys like, of course, the quarterback from Sumter. I'm naming guys that you know that you've been covering this year up there in your area in that region that you kind of look over. Of course, uh, that big defensive end going to Sumter, well, he'll be here. So there's going to be so many of, uh, the Grand Strand PD guys that'll be down here. And I may try to get them to jump on the radio since you're coming from the Grand Strand. I think it'd be kind of neat for you to have a chance to talk to them as well. But, uh, with that being said, we will uh, take a break here just a second. We'll come back. Well talk some college football. But let me ask you, who's the best team in this one? Who who's the best player do you feel like coming out that you know this guy's probably gonna be an NBA guy uh in, in just a few years?
0: Hmm.
3: It would have been a lot easier when the when the uh schedules first came out, when the teams first came out, because uh um Lake Norman was supposed to be coming and it would have been Mikey Williams hands down. Um, I don't really know. There have been a lot of good players. There have been a lot of players that I've seen that are very good, but I, I don't really know if there is one guy in particular that I would say really stood out that I would say, oh, he, he's a shoe in to be you know, a, a NBA player or a top level college player. Uh, right. But there are definitely some good players, especially especially on Oak Ridge. Uh, there's a few players that are getting um, some good look, some big looks there. Uh, so that's a team that I would say, you know, tonight games at 845. If you've got stadiums, you definitely go check out.
2: Yeah. You want to check it out? No, I would tell you my two key points and I got some pretty big ones. I'm mean, going to save the biggest one here for the second one but my first one was in 1994 where my family uh, of course was, was very active in the community but my father you know being uh part of the uh, the government there with FEMA you know they, they my dad always wanted to just give back to the community always wanted to help out he was an athlete himself of course I played athletics all the way through you know uh, my days there in high school and into college but you know my family was a host team which they still have probably a little different with COVID but normally you have a host team And they take care of that team. That's their team. And, of course, in 1994, it was East Anchorage, Alaska. Trajan Langdon ended up going to Duke, right? That was a guy that was just an amazing young man. And then in 1995, in 1995, you guys would know this young man is the, of course, uh, he's a legend. He is the GOAT to many. Depends on what year you are, when you kind of came through the league and uh, how much NBA you watch. But, of course, Kobe Bryant, his team came in to uh, Myrtle Beach in 1995, where my mom and dad and our family were the host family. And, uh, you know, he gave me a chance to meet a guy who we all now know and love and miss very dearly. As uh, It was one of the first tragic things that we dealt with in 2020. But uh, for us, Kobe Bryant, uh, you know, uh, started for a lot of us on the Grand Strand in 1995 when he came in with his team from Pennsylvania and left his mark with a smile and uh, a lot of history that he was writing early in his life here on earth guys a quick break we'll come back if you want to join us for the next 30 maybe there's some college football that you want to talk about maybe we'll talk some coastal since we've got the man up there in the myrtle beach studio we'll also talk a little bit about some of the other games that have happened some of the games that haven't happened and yep yeah, i'm going to ask brandon his thoughts on the final four i'm sure he's got quite a uh, a plethora of information and his thoughts on that as well guys so follow us on facebook that's southern sports central and on twitter at SO Sports Center, I'm Rich Young alongside Brandon Bisco Bing for a Wednesday night show of Southern Sports Central. Guys, don't go anywhere. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Elman here. they a little college game day introduction for you because it was just a great year. I get it. 2020 was maybe not the year that you thought it would be when you crossed over from 2019 to 2020. And a lot of people said, if you knew what you knew, would you want to go into 2020 the way you went? Well, if you're Sean Clear, you're damn right you would. There's no doubt you would. Jamie Chadwell, by the way, coach of the year. Again, that's huge. Jamie Chadwell, by the way, putting the shot to clears on a football pedestal that only the Lord above saw it when the season started. Maybe it was the COVID season that helped him. Maybe it was the fact that these guys had to unite together, blend together, could only spend time together. Maybe it was that formula that really made it a formula to win. He didn't do it with size on the front line. He did it with heart, dedication, and pure get after it on the front line. They weren't the biggest offensive line. They had the grudge. They had everything they needed. Yep, you fell a little short at the bowl game. But let's be honest, even the big man that joined us just on Monday, of course, that's uh, our buddy Reggie. He mentioned it as I bring you back in here uh, with us, Brandon. He said, you know, there's teams that they, they go to bowl games. We've seen it with almost every team in the country, definitely in the top five or six, that don't get an invite to the final four. They feel some kind of way about it. They go to these bowl games. They get blown out, by the way. It's like, well, they didn't want to be here anyways. Mm -hmm. How much – you wonder how much the the guys in Coastal Carolina, in Conway, South Carolina, a.k.a. Myrtle Beach, also had that a little bit chip on their shoulder about not wanting to go to Orlando to play the game they should have played on December 5th against the Liberty Flames. And, boy, it was one of those games that, yes, it was a nice – game for us to watch, but you still feel some kind of way about the Shawna Clears not getting a chance to debut that talent, even against a team where they could have done it on any of the top eight teams in the country. Your thoughts on that game, Brandon? And, of course, what are you guys hearing on the grand strand as uh, it's been a few days passing?
3: Yeah, I mean, that. I definitely I can agree with you to an extent on that, especially I think – if they would have been paired off, even if they stayed in the Cure Bowl, if they would have been paired up with the school from the Power Five a Power Five conference, I think it would have been a little different because they would have come in saying, "Hey, here's here's a way we can prove ourselves." But not only getting snubbed for a New Year Six Bowl or any sort of even semi. Um, respectable bowl in terms of how people think of the bowl but on top of that being paired with a team that they were supposed to play earlier on this year but because of COVID they couldn't and a team that a lot of people would say is on their level in terms of you know prestige and everything They're another recent addition to FBS. So the fact that they were basically paired up with a team that said, okay, yeah, you had this great undefeated season. Yeah, you've gotten some national recognition, but we're going to put you in your place. I think that's what Coastal felt when they went into that game. And, And on top of that, not even looking at it on the Coastal side, looking at it on Liberty's side, They came into it with a chip on their shoulder saying, hey, this is the game that we lost. This is the game that we could have proven ourselves. So now we have the opportunity again to go do it. So, yeah, is it disappointing that they lost? Absolutely. But uh, there is an understanding behind it, I think. And while there aren't any rumblings right now, obviously there were talks about it when Will Muschamp was released from South Carolina, and it's going to happen again and again and again. I'm just really hoping, and as of right now, there isn't any indication that he won't. I'm just really hoping that the success, especially if he does it again this year, or again next year rather, it right. and, and, doesn't make sure make Jamie Chadwell say, okay, I know the system's rigged against me, so I have to go
2: somewhere else. Well, that's what Jack Frost says. That's what, by the way, Cincinnati's probably saying right now. That's probably what a lot of schools yep. that are not in that Power Five conversation at the, I hate to say it, at the big boy table, right? And, and that's how they have to feel. They have to mm. feel like they were served a plate at the children's table. And I don't like that. I Mm -hmm. understand very little of that. And, again, college basketball has made a career out of this. They've made a business out of Mm -hmm. March Madness. Why in the – I I just can't even stand a blind side of me. Even imagine of of how you don't jump on this and take this opportunity and say, look, this was the one year. It's because the guys that make the decisions don't want to be said you were wrong. Yeah, you, you know, and then you got facts to go with it. So for me, there are a lot of questions about so many things. And for Jamie Chadwell, look, Coach Chadwell has been on the show. He's going to come back on the show here in a couple of weeks. Maybe next week. We'll wait. We'll see. But when you look at this guy, who I watched him at Johnson Southern just down the road from the studio, I watched him at North Greenville. He's from the state of Tennessee. Tennessee would be a great place for him. I'm not saying that you should get rid of the coach of Tennessee yet. One bad season, uh, I'm not there. But also, I'm also not a guy that says one good season, mm, I'm not there. Because remember, was it last year that Shoshana clears? They had to do a lot of cleaning house. They ended up Mm -hmm. going from a transfer portal to a transfer bus, to almost a plane, right? Because they had so many kids coming in and going out because – It was the transition from what Jamie Chadwell wants, what he needs, and what he expects. And I don't blame the kids for leaving. And I'm not saying that that they did the wrong thing or that Jamie Chadwell was the wrong coach. He wasn't the right coach for them. He didn't recruit a lot of those kids. Mm -hmm. Those were guys that he picked up when he got this team. And this happens. South Carolina, look at like right now. You know what? Helensky, a few hours ago, he's transferring out. Who would have thought that was going to happen? Well, I did.
3: Well, but that's, that's something another that seems to happen. That that's something that seems to happen anytime you have a coaching change in in college, is that there's always those first couple of years, you're not really sure what you have with a coach because he doesn't have his guys, and right. you know I'll I'll talk a different sport. My alma mater, Cian Hall, it took you know those first couple of years with Kevin Willard. He wasn't doing i mean he was winning some games he was doing a little bit a little bit better than Bobby Gonzalez, but he wasn't right. you know doing as well as they are now because he didn't have his kinds of guys but now, four years right. later when you know well now over four years later, but after once he had a full class of his guys, that's when they started winning.
2: And, and there comes a there comes a conversation, and, and again we're going to talk a little bit more about this, I'm sure, on your show on Friday, possibly. But yeah. and we'll get more into this throughout you know the off season. But but what is it going to take? Because you know I had this conversation with multiple people around the, the sports area. I actually talked to my 17 year old son, who who is very smart when it comes to this because he's been around it his whole life. Because me being a former athlete, being in this business for as long as he's been alive. You know, he hears a lot of things. It's kind of one of those things that he's just picked up by design. And for me, they do this at the next level down in college football. It's not that they can't make it a bigger playoff. It's that they just are greedy about how they do it. Some say, well, they can't put in because they have all these bowl alliances, tie-ins. Well, my God, they just moved the Rose Bowl, for God's sake. Mm -hmm. They just moved the Rose Bowl from California to Texas. So if you can move the Rose Bowl, who is a granddaddy bowl of them all, you can move it to Texas but by, by God, you can put a 16, 10, or 18 playoff team together. That, to me, shows you how greedy those who depend or pick on this college football. I mean, look, I got to be honest with you. I'm an Irish guy. I'm an Irish descent. My, my mom's Irish. It's an Irish thing over here, yep. right? However, the yep. Irish are going to be ran out of lucky charms come oh. when they go against Alabama. It's going to be a bad situation. I don't know if Ohio state's going to have that same uh, luck when it comes to playing Clemson, because you just saw Clemson's OC, by the way, not traveling tested positive for COVID Mm -hmm. that may or may not play a factor, but that will be a good excuse if they somehow don't win. I'm sure we'll hear a lot of that rebuttal, but I think Uh Ohio state's a lot better than what we think they are as well. They've only got about six games under their belt, but trust me, this was the best team that Ohio state's had in a long time. And honestly, I I feel like it could be, and and I hope for us it's going to be a good game because I don't think we're going to get much out of that Notre Dame-Alabama game.
3: Oh, no, definitely. You know, Ohio State, yeah, you can make the argument that they didn't deserve it because they only played six games or five games or however many games they played. Right. But But they are definitely one of the best teams in the country. And in any normal season, they would have gone undefeated. That's not disputed. The issue that I have with Notre Dame is that they got lucky because they got lucky on a number of levels. Because for one, if it wasn't for Trevor Lawrence getting COVID and him not playing in that first game, there's no way that they win that game. That's one. And then second, if this were any other year where there were any other legitimate contenders with one loss that, you know, that the committee deemed acceptable, then they I don't think they get in. But that's the problem with the college football playoff is that it's so subjective. It's so based solely around money money mm-hmm. above all else. I I I think I compare I forget I think I was it, I think it was during the show that I did my whole rant on this. A couple
2: but weeks ago, right? Yeah. The
3: best compare yeah, a couple of weeks back. The the comparison I made it to is college football is not like a normal team sport. It's not like the pro sport, it's not even it's not like college basketball where right. you play to win the game. It's like boxing or MMA where Mm. it doesn't matter what your record is. It doesn't matter how good you are. All that matters on whether or not you get a title shot is how much money you can make the booker.
2: Mm. And they're making some money now. There's no doubt about it. Vegas, I believe I haven't, I don't have it in front of me, but I did see something going across the ticker last night. We were sitting here in, in, in the studios. We were going through, You know, all the things we've got to start doing coming, you know, up in this upcoming game here on Saturday. And I've had it's like air traffic control up here, you know, like it normally is during high school football season. I've got Mm -hmm. notes everywhere. I've got rosters everywhere. I've got the coaches over here. And I look up and I saw one of the biggest payout books uh, since like 19 or maybe it was 2014 or some crazy number of a payout recently. And you wonder how big that's going to be when Alabama, again, takes on a 10 and one you know, Notre Dame team, it's going to be, you know, probably be pretty massive. Uh, but but again, it's the rich getting richer, right? And I'm not saying the poor getting poor mm-hmm. because Jamie Chadwell getting that AP coach of the year. And, and you saw Hugh Freeze. I mean, look, look at 20, look at 2020. I, if football season, there's so many things that you could just look back and say, Oh, that was 2020 Hugh Freeze yeah. loses a game against NC state and then beats a team in a bowl game where they needed to put a staple on the season. The same way that they lost is how they won by blocking a field goal in double overtime and, uh, again, knocks out a, a Coastal Carolina. And, and the one thing – fans, listen to me. Please listen to me. Please stop chanting overrated when you beat a good team because when you chant overrated, it takes away from the win you just got. You're telling me. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, they weren't good anyways. Yeah, uh, You're not very good anyways, Liberty. You beat an average team. No. You tell everybody nothing. You let the scoreboard speak. You just beat a top 10 team in the country. I don't care what the polls say. I'm telling you, they're a top 10 team in the country. Enjoy that moment. You know, I I cannot stand that chant of overrated. You basically take away this mega victory that you guys just put together and probably will be one of the best bowl games in the bowl season. Brandon, what's your thoughts when you hear people – in the stands when you're up in the booth or when you're around doing what we do on Fridays. And, and of course during in high school basketball. When you start to hear that chant of overrated.
3: I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying. Um, I do also get the concept of why it's chanted though, because it's, it's kind of saying, you know, this team, especially now I won't necessarily agree with Liberty and, and Coastal, Um, but oftentimes you'll see it in, you know, whether you see it in college football or or in college basketball of a, one of the blue blood schools or one of the, you know, quote unquote, prestigious schools going to a school that feels like it's being gypped, feels like it's not getting the respect it deserves. And they go in and, and put a beating on them. Yeah. Right. You're you have to send that message to say, hey, look, stop with the stop with all of the BS and show actually have what happens on the field or on the court actually matter.
2: Right. No, yeah, I agree with you. And uh, of course, uh, you know, we're we're hanging out
3: right now with,
2: uh, of course, Brandon Bisco being you can hear him on Friday morning. Sports Unlimited right here and only right here on Southern Sports Central. He'll be live from 7 to 10 this Friday morning. He'll be up on the Grand Strand in the studios up there. I'll be actually at the hotel in the lobby uh, in the breakfast area with a lot of these players that we'll be talking to as they come in in the Epic 84 Big Bowl game, the Senior Bowl here in the Palmetto State. It's the only Senior Bowl that's going to be taking place this season. And, again, it's the class of 21 starting off 21. I don't think it gets any better than that. Now let's talk a little bit about a game that's going to be coming up here tonight, Uh, and, again – this one, uh, again, we talked a lot about Alabama taking on the Irish. We talked a lot about what's happening with uh, the Clemson and Ohio State. I, I really, Something tells me that it's going to be a better game than, than what a lot of people think, even though they think it's going to be a blowout. But what about this game, the Cotton Bowl, the matchup between Oklahoma and Florida? You know, it was announced, of course, December 30th, 8 p.m. Of course, it will kick off tonight over there on ESPN. And if you think back, to the meeting between these two teams all the way back to 2009. Seems like a long time ago, back in the Orange Bowl and the BCS National Championship. Dan Mullen was even uh, on the sideline for the Gators as an offensive coordinator for the last time before moving on to Mississippi State. Of course, it also happens to be the last time that both of these teams played in national championship games. Now, when you think back of this game, what are you expecting out of Trask, who, again – you know, uh, h- has made a great conversation that he could be a Heisman candidate. He- he's definitely stepped up this year, taking advantage of what needs to be said. On the other side, it- it's Oklahoma, you know, uh, coming in here at 8-2. They're sixth in the country. We're not talking a lot about this th- this uh, this conversation between number six an eight and 8-2 Oklahoma team and a number seven, 8-3 Florida team that has shown a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde throughout the year where they've thrown a lot of things and some of them have been tennis shoes at Florida, but this one, actually they got this one, right. This is the best, one of the best closest matchups of two teams that are going to take place in one of a legendary bowl game of the cotton bowl.
3: Yeah. And I, I think late, like I mentioned before, um, you know, these bowls, that aren't a part of the playoff, even the more prestigious ones like a Cotton Bowl, kind of fall by the wayside now because of how everyone is so focused and enamored with the playoffs, which is why it needs to be expanded. And and on top of that, you know, uh, I think it was back, what, in 2012 in... I think it was the kind of bowl, um, you know, where Oklahoma state who thought they were gypped decided to put a beating on, I forget who they were playing that night, but uh, you know, and, and we've also seen some of the new year six bowls become, you know, bigger because of group of five teams being in it and the intrigue behind that. So I think, the the matchups like this, especially now with the playoffs, kind of fall by the wayside because you're like, okay, this is a good matchup, but it doesn't really mean anything. And unfortunately, another thing that a lot of people have been complaining about and has been has been a growing trend seemingly year after year after year is the players that are eligible and are looking to go into the NFL draft Deciding to opt out of the bowl games, right. and now, with how uh you know with how it's pretty much all or nothing with the playoffs, it makes sense. Why would you play in what outside of the tradition which mm-hmm. when push comes to tr- when push comes to shove, what does it really matter? why would you bother playing in a bowl, even a bowl like a Cayenne bowl? Um, so, you know, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a fun matchup, but it's kind of like, it seems like now every bowl game outside of the, out of the invitational is basically just like, okay, you know, it, it's football. We, we watch it.
2: Well, is it kind of like, and let's go basketball talk real quick, Brandon, because we've got you for about 10 more minutes and then, You'll check out. I'm actually going to get you to call back in around 8 o'clock. Unless you want to hang out, you're more than welcome to hang out with us for the rest of the show, of course, because uh, I do know coming up at 7 o'clock, we've got the head coach of the Western squad over there, Coach Danny Lewis, uh, is going to join us uh, and talk some football about how he plans to bring this uh, big game into one on Saturday and how he plans to keep that thing in the upstate. That's the trophy as they, of course, won the Elite 88 game just a couple of weeks ago, and they are actually, well, I guess, what, one in five or five and, uh, four and one, four and one, uh, the upstate versus the lower state in, in the actually conversation around the state championship game. So look at the realistic part. It's five to one right now in the East, which is a lower state trying to just get something going as we start the year. Right. they will start on the right foot. Coach, uh, we'll hear from coach, uh, Danny Lewis here at 7 o'clock. David Shelton, 7.30, Post and Courier. He did release his all-low country football team on Christmas Day. That's your tradition. In 2020, saw it, and there was nothing COVID could do about it because he named his coach of the year, which was Coach Joe Call, over there at Oceanside. He got Keith Desashore, who is the Mr. Everything over at Fort Dorchester. He's an athlete, many things on and off the field. Uh, we'll talk to him about his selection and how he goes about picking them at seven 30 and then eight o'clock it's the players. If they do get in here with us, we'll be the players from the upstate. The West team will hopefully be checking in with us here throughout, but final conversation. And, and we'll close the door on some college football for now, at least uh, Brandon, we watch, we watch the NIT. Why do we watch the NIT? Because it's basketball. For those who love basketball, you watch it and there's certain you know ways that you call it the national invitational tournament. There's another breakdown that they call it as well. Not invited tournament, right? I mean, I've heard that mm-hmm. one as well. But you watch it. Why? Because it's basketball. And when it's over, it's over. And then you can't see it again until next season. So I feel like it's the same thing. When I look here and, and I'm going through this list uh, here on uh, with the paper in front of me, You know, are you going to sit there and um, are, are you sitting there looking at, at what's going on here? Or are you going to pay attention to the Lockhead Martin Armed Forces Bowl? And, uh, again, that's going to be tomorrow where you're going to see, you know, uh, Tulsa and Mississippi State. Do you care? Do you care about Ball State and San Jose State or West Virginia and Army or Arkansas and TCU? Or look at tonight's slate. It's already happened, by the way. Wisconsin in the Mayonnaise Bowl, they win it 42-28 over Wake Forest. You know what the highlight of that whole game was? Was that they broke the trophy in the locker room. Wisconsin broke and shattered the trophy. And the coach for Wisconsin – said he wanted everybody to have a piece of it. He wanted everybody to have a piece of the trophy. Now, it was an accident. He was joking, but that will be one of the best headlines that you hear out of the Wednesday, mm. December 30th bowl games. Of course, we mentioned Florida. They're going to be playing over there in the Goodyear Cotton Bowl. That's a tradition, by the way, is they'll be taking on Ohio, Excuse me, Oklahoma at 8 o'clock. But the game that was canceled was uh, Iowa and Mizzou. Mizzou, of course, you know, traced COVID one of multiple teams in the SEC. I think that's uh, along with the Gamecocks and a few others have canceled their invite and are not playing in postseason. But the number 15, Iowa Hawkeyes, do you automatically get to take home the Music City Bowl? Uh, You know, and again, our thoughts and prayers to those uh, over in in Tennessee and Nashville with uh, all that's happened over there over the last weekend. We didn't talk about that on Monday. And, uh, you know, they had a lot going on. So I don't even know if really, you know, they, they really wanted to deal with the crowd, they wanted to deal with the teams and all the other things. They got a lot going on over there with the, just a, a very tough situation uh, in, in Nashville. But, you know, you're seeing this trend where teams are backing out. We saw that first happen with players. Now you're seeing teams that are backing out. And, and you wonder, they're not backing out until almost the last minute. So it's almost like they're taking advantage of all the practicing. And then right before they hit the plane, they're like, oh, wait, nope, we're not going. Somebody called. We're not heading that way. Not happening. Right. So you wonder is yes. there's a little bit of chess being played and not checkers when it comes to taking advantage of some free football or free football practice before they kick off the cleats and uh, head into the winter's part of the uh, the season. Brandon, your thoughts on that?
3: Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. I mean, I don't want to trivialize anything, you know, obviously Davo Sweeney had some choice words in terms of that a few weeks ago when Florida State uh, did that. Um, but you know, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to trivialize the, you know, prospect of anyone catching COVID or anything like that, but yeah, I could, I could definitely see some teams deciding, you know, figuring out ways around things last minute, but, um, you know, I just think all, all of these problems that, you know, many talk about, uh, when it comes to college football could, I at least in my opinion be fixed very easily uh with with one simple move and but unfortunately the problem is, is that there are still a lot of college football fans if you want to call them that that mm-hmm. still think that 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 it's that parity is a myth in college football and that only the select few deserve to have any chance and and that's i think that's a big the the money is one thing and and i think also the the myth that college football has built around itself of every game mattering and and you know all the clichés we hear about college football that mythos has to be destroyed once and for all before we can get a real system in place
2: yeah, I agree with you. And here, here's my thought process. And and again, you know, if you're a power five, yes. And and, and I want to underline this because we're heading to break because we had to go to the top of the hour. I'm carrying the bus from Myrtle Beach. We're going to head in to uh, Columbia, South Carolina and check in with the coach representing the western side of this Epic 84 uh, Senior Bowl coming up this weekend. But, uh, you know, that's a true factor. If you were part of the power, power five, if you were part of the power five, yes, every game did matter. And we learned what? If you're not part of the power of five, then you had a great season. We appreciate what you did, but you still have to sit over here at this other table. And that's just the way it worked out. We've got to fix this in this year with a year of vision and maybe with 2020. And it means what it means. And I'm going to say what I say here. Maybe this opened up a lot of eyes, not just with our personal lives. And you saw a lot of the true colors of a lot of people in the world with a lot of this habit, but we stick to sports. And in the world of sports, we saw the greediness. We saw the people Mm -hmm. left out. We saw a lot of things that should not have happened. But without 2020, Brandon, this doesn't happen. Because I don't know without a COVID season if Coastal Carolina ends up in the top 20 or even a top 25. Possibly, yes. Realistically, not sure. Because what happens without COVID, you still saw Liberty coming in. They didn't have a chance to beat a team all the way from the West Coast that was ranked in the top. Eight with one of the quarterbacks that was a Heisman candidate as well. So, I mean, again, Jamie Chadwell, congratulations, Coach of the Year by the, course, Associated Press. Earned it, deserve it. Can't ever, ever imagine having a better guy leading a team up there on the Grand Strand. And he's a better person than he is a coach. If you think he's a great coach, he's an even better father. He's a better person off the streets. And I know Charleston Southern uh, benefited from him being around the program. And, of course, uh, now you see the Grand Strand doing it as well. Brandon, enjoy uh, the rest of the night. Do you want to hang out? You want to call back about 8 o'clock or what's what's on your plate the rest of the night? Yeah, I'll probably
3: call back around 8 because my phone's about to go uh, out anyway.
2: So, lane. Haywired on you. Got you, buddy. Well, hey, enjoyed it. We'll talk again around 8. Check back in with me. I got some players you might want to get to know as well because I know you and I uh, have the same passion and that is uh, promoting, helping, and uh, just uh, having conversations with some of the best athletes around our state, buddy.
3: Yep. Talk to you later.
2: All right. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Brandon Bisco Bing. you can hear him right here and only right here on Southern sports. Central. he's part of that sports unlimited team on Friday mornings as uh, he of course does an incredible job. He does a great job of educating, entertaining and bringing it down uh, all around on, uh, on Friday mornings. It's the only morning show as of now for Southern sports central uh, on our network. Now, Quick break, come back. We're going to try to find him. It is the head coach coming up next from the west side. That's right. Danny Lewis, he's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yelman here live on Southern Sports Central. It is 7 o'clock. It is hour number two. I want to thank Brandon Biscoe being part of that Southern Sports Central family as he is up on the Grand Strand at our Southern Sports Central studios up there at the beach as he's balling at the beach. He does it seven days a week, but he does it right here on Friday mornings on Sports Unlimited from 7 to 10. He's covering that 40th annual beach ball classic in my backyard where I grew up over there in uh, Surfside Beach. It's just uh, down the road from that. Uh, coliseum that they're hosting so many great teams i appreciate them doing what they had to do to make sure that game happened it's a tradition it's history it's an opportunity it's a lot of things just like this weekend oh by the way it is now time to bring in the head coach and we're heading to the west side that's right throw your hands in the air because here comes the man that's going to lead the upstate (laughs) and that is the head coach danny danny lewis coach lewis what's going on buddy
4: hey how are you doing this evening
2: we're great, man. I talked to you last night, first time, as I like to say, first time caller, long time listener, man. You got a great resume, by the way, buddy. I didn't talk to you about it last night because I wouldn't save it for tonight, but uh first of all, introduce yourself to the to the listeners who uh they know you're coaching the West team, which is the upstate team here in our big epic eighty four game but what what led you to this game? Where all of you been before you got to us?
4: Well, I'm blessed right now. Currently, I'm
2: at Heathwood Hall. It's
4: uh independent school in uh Columbia. It's uh, on Bluff Road right down from williams Bryce Stadium. Uh we just finished up our our third season together. Um so that's uh that's that's been a a fun journey for me and then and then prior to that, uh I'm an old man. I got gray hair. I've uh <laughs> I was coaching in college for a long time, uh over 20 years at a, at a bunch of different stops. Uh in state I've been at uh, the Citadel and I've uh, babysat uh my mentor, <laughs> Coach Pugh, who I actually <laughs> talked to earlier today. Uh I was at State for ten years. I, I worked with uh, Ellis Johnson at the Citadel, uh ga at South Carolina, uh, for Coach Holtz. And um uh, so yeah, I've got uh, I've got gray hair. I've been around a little bit. So uh,
2: but it's it's been a blessing. We're live right now hanging out with the head coach uh, of the west side of uh, the conversation, the Epic 84. That's the only Senior Bowl that's going to be taking place in our great state here in South Carolina. You can catch it at 1 o'clock, Woodland High School, right down the road on Highway 78 between St. George. It's the home of the Grits Festival and Summerville, home of the legendary coach John McKissick, where you will find eighty four of the best selected young men, the class of 21 coach. And, and, and again, what better way to start the year 21 than bring in the class of 21 and let them play football one more time as seniors and as high school athletes, coach.
4: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, uh, you know, when, when they brought me into this project about six weeks ago, I jumped at the opportunity. The reality is that, um, uh, I can't catch a fish to save my life and I can't hit a golf ball. Uh I, I just coach. That's what I do. And uh you know it's it's hard when, when the season's over for a coach and he's gotta put the balls up. Uh so I, I enjoy these all star games and, and these type of events. Uh it, it keeps me in it, so to speak, and uh I get to continue to uh support and, and promote uh high school football here in the Palmetto State. So it, it's been a blessing. I, I really enjoy it. Right now, Uh, You know, the coaching part takes over. I'm a little tight because uh, I'm sitting here uh, washing practice
2: jerseys and doing the uh, wristbands for the game. But um, it'll be well worth it. No doubt about it. We're live right now with Coach Lewis. He's heading up the operations. He's put together a great coaching staff. But before, a minute, before we talk about your coaching staff and a few of your players, Coach, let me ask you – how many years have you been coaching in, in total? And I, were you able to put that out at the beginning? I don't know how many years total that you have under your belt.
0: Yeah,
4: I've got about twenty-five, and uh, the, uh, this past year was twenty-five. So, wow, um, I've, I've been around, Yeah, I've done it for for a few years, anyways. How about that?
2: <laughs> and we get you on your 25th year anniversary between Southern Sports Central uh, and, of course, Ken Brown and the High School Blitz. So don't think that's not going to go unnoticed and unconversated over the weekend yeah. as we do some media days with you. Starting tomorrow, by the way, where you guys will all come here to my hometown. Well, where I'm calling home my town now, Somerville. But let, let's let's ask you these questions about some of the places that you've landed. And just we'll stay in the state. We'll talk about You know, the Citadel there, where you you got a chance to coach with a a bunch of great coaches. You know, it's a different type of uh, of beast over there with the Citadel, the regulations, the rules. You got to love that universe, that college to go there to play there because it's not just a football game. It's a a lifestyle that you have to adapt to because you only play football during the football season. But after that, before that, during that, you're a cadet. What did you learn during your time and some of the things that you've learned from that coaching staff?
4: Well, I uh, I fell in love with the school. Um, I was there for six years. I uh, worked for Ellis Johnson. He brought me in um, after being a GA at South Carolina, and uh, lived on campus. I, I, I lived right there beside the tennis courts, and uh, my hmm. my boys uh, uh, actually grew up crawling around the parade field. So I I kind of feel that like that's one of my homes. I, I had a wonderful experience there. I enjoy coaching. Uh, those young men Uh, we had great kids Uh, some of these guys uh, have gone on to do some great things in coaching I'll tell you one quick story that I'm really proud of Uh, one of the running backs for us at at, uh, the Citadel while I was there was Earn Mills Uh, Earn Mills is now a high school coach uh, in the upstate he's at Eastside High School he's going to be our wide receiver coach in this game so you want to talk about Mm. going coming full circle from uh, being on one end of recruiting Earn and sitting in his living room and getting to meet his family, and now he's an old man just like I am, and he's coaching in this game with us. So that just kind of shows you the relationships that uh, you get in doing this business, but also some, uh, some of the things I took from uh, my time on Moultrie Street. So uh, I had a wonderful experience there. Um at that time uh the Southern Conference it was uh really really good football and uh we had some heavy hitters so every week was uh, was a tough tough go of it uh on saturdays uh we we were fortunate to have uh have a a good year there in 04, in oh four um, and then I ended up leaving uh after that season and you know the deal uh, young guy chasing the dream trying to go. Bigger and better. I don't know if the brighter lights uh, are all all that they're cracked up to be. Um, but uh, I left the Citadel and went to Middle Tennessee State and Murfreesboro for a couple years. After that, but
0: uh, hmm. you know, I,
4: I I was on campus and, and you and you just throw yourself in in your work, um, so you don't actually understand that you're living in Charleston that uh, you're living right there in, in a beautiful city. And I'll be quite honest, I don't know anything about it. So uh, I go home and say, uh, tell my wife, bless her heart, I said, hey, I just took a job in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and she's crying because she's leaving uh, Charleston. I had no idea. <laughs> so she, she knows the city better than I do.
2: Well, she'll definitely be excited to come back this weekend as you guys are on your way back here. Back. Yes. Yeah, this weekend will be a good one. We're glad to have you back now. Let's talk about. So you go to a private college uh, at the Citadel, the Prestige University. Right. That if you slam that ring down on the on the desk, it's basically like getting a check mark on an interview, right? We we get that. Right. But then, and somewhere between there and then, Coach, you, you went to an HBCU, right? And, right? and I love HBCUs. I'm a big HBCU fan. Uh, I know the OC over there pretty well, actually, at South Carolina State. I know one of the wide right. receivers, Shaq Davis, is over there now. That played in Summerfield. But what did you take from an HBCU and coaching, Coach? Because, again, I think at every stop you're going to learn different things, but there is a different culture on a campus of HBCU as you saw probably at the Citadel. Right. Um,
4: Well, uh, how I actually got there is when I took the – when I was a GA at South Carolina, the running back coach was Buddy Pugh. And then uh, when I went to the Citadel, I coached Bud Pugh. Jr. So that was my connection to the family, and that's how I I, I got to know the, the Pew family. And let me tell you something. If you want to know something about somebody, be around their kids when, they're, when their parents mm-hmm. aren't around. And Bud Pew Jr. Is, is one of the best young men you'll ever be around. And it just goes to show you what Bud and his wife Josie did uh, in raising their family. That's all I need to know about that guy. I grew up in South Carolina. I grew up in Lexington, I grew up uh, hearing about uh, Willie Jeffries and South Carolina State and the Marching 101, so I knew they had a tradition of winning, Um, and I was living in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Um, It's an interesting story, and I don't mean to ramble, but I apologize, but uh, Buddy calls my home. Uh, They had a running back job open, and uh, I was out jacking around uh, doing something, and uh, my wife actually took the call, and she calls me and says, Danny. I just got off the phone with coach Pew. Uh, we're going back home. Uh, you're going to be the running back coach at South Carolina state. And that is the honest to God truth, how that happened. Um, and I jumped at the opportunity because I, I had an opportunity to come back home. Uh, both sets of grandparents are here and uh, I knew I was going to work for a good man. And also I knew I was going to a program that had high expectations and had a tradition of winning. So I, I, I jumped at the opportunity. I was there 10 years. Uh, uh, we were fortunate to uh, win five rings while I was there. Um, mm. I, I will, I'll be quite honest. I am everything we do at Heathwood is a direct correlation to coach Pugh's, uh, how he runs a program. So if you were to ever come to South Beltline and to Heathwood hall, uh, you would be coming to buddy Pugh's
2: program. I promise you that live right now hanging out with the head coach of the western side of this epic 84 game that the Southern Sports Central and South Carolina High School Blitz putting together with the help of the guys over at Phenom and Shuts. We've all gotten together to do something really spectacular. That uh, People say it can't. Well, we said, hold our football. We'll uh, be right back. We'll exclude this here on Saturday. Now, Coach, all that being said, we, we look at this, and I love Buddy Pugh, by the way. I had a chance to talk to him. Right. Last year, uh, over at the uh, – well, actually, this past February, I think, when they actually did the awards banquet for the state of South Carolina, he was the, he was the guest speaker right. there that, Buddy, that, that Billy Baker put up there. Of course, me and Joe Call went up to hand out uh, an award uh, in honor of his grandfather, uh, Coach McKissick. But great man, just an incredible right. passion for not just the game, but his passion to want to be a mentor and be a part of, of right. his athlete's lives, I think that's what sells the story much more than rings and things and the stuff he does on the field, Coach.
4: Absolutely. He, he sets the bar uh, in this profession as far as I'm concerned. If uh,
2: anybody would ever say, hey,
4: you run your program like Buddy Pugh, then I think that's a it's huge compliment. Um, yeah, he, he wins games. Uh, we all know that. But it's the, it's the relationships he builds with his players and the fact that you see them coming back. He's involved in their life uh, years after they're done winning football games. Um, that's what's special for me. So Coach Pew has uh, done wonderful things in this state, uh, supporting, promoting uh, Palmetto football. And uh, I, I'm proud of the fact that he's on – my resume. I'm proud of the fact that he's one of my references. Mm. I think that's a big deal. I really do. I think that much of it.
2: I agree with you. And I think, by the way, I think he was one of the coach of the year last year. He did great things uh there in the MEAC last year. And I think, honestly, you know, didn't get what they deserved. And, and that, of course, was the uh, South Carolina State Bulldogs. I think, without a doubt, deserved a lot more than they received. But again, that's one thing about Coach Pugh is I tell you, man, he doesn't focus on what he doesn't have. He works on what right. he needs to get, and he keeps working. And of course. We'll, we'll see what these guys are going to be able to do in, in an upcoming season. We kind of go right. backwards and forward, but, but now we land on the campus of the University of South Carolina with a guy that I have had a chance to talk to only twice in my life, but it was a very interesting, very dialed-in conversation with Lou Holtz, who I have a lot of respect for. And then to me, an alumni, a, a former athlete of at the Gamecocks, and, and a guy that takes South Carolina sports very serious. And I say this, I know Speed Spurrier did great things in Columbia. There's no doubt. But when the Gamecocks, when the University of South Carolina hired a guy named Lou Holtz, to me personally, that's when we decided to take football serious. Now tell me right. some stories about your time with a guy who's a legend at Notre Dame and I think a history maker over at the University of South Carolina because, again, he also brought Steve Spurrier uh, before he left us as well. Uh,
4: he taught me the what the true meaning of accountability was. Uh you knew when that guy was in the office. I I, I tell you, I still start sweating when I think about uh, uh, just the day-to-day level of commitment that he demanded from his coaches. Uh, I see that in Coach Pugh and how he uh, interacted with his coaching staff, and that came from Coach Holtz. Coach Holtz, uh, he did a wonderful job of coaching coaches, and you always knew when that guy was in the building – or when, when he wasn't, you could just feel it in the air that, <laughs> hey, this guy's here, this guy's got uh, expectations for the program, he's got expectations for your position group, he's got expectations for your side of the ball, and for you as a coach. And uh, that's something that I've taken with me. Uh, I've been around guys that uh, have coached for him, and you can see it. You can see it in, in Coach Pugh.
2: Live right now as we're talking to Coach Danny Lewis. He is head coach of the Western side of life over at the Epic 84, the Senior Bowl. Taking place on Saturday, 1 p.m. is uh, the kickoff. We got a lot of work to do as these guys will get in here. Coaches are going to get in a little bit earlier. I believe, Coach, around 1 o'clock. Players start getting in around 3. So, you know, I look forward to sitting down with you guys tomorrow at 1 as uh, we start to kind of shake hands and, and, well, fist bump or whatever we're allowed to do, toe touch or something (laughs) with COVID. but. We're going to be bringing a great group of young men. But before we get to those young men, and, Coach, the reason I wanted to do that whole breakdown of you, because there's a story, there's a testimony in 25 years, Coach. My God, the the campuses you made it to. And we didn't even get into East Tennessee. We just tried to make a little bit about the state of South Carolina with this being a state game. But, man, you talk about three legendary coaches, Ellis Johnson, Lou Holtz, and Buddy Pugh. And, and again, now I know why the good Lord gave us you to take – the, uh, the lead here of uh, a very big game coming up on Saturday. But what did you do? You went out and found yourself an offensive line coach, a running back, wide receivers, tight end, a quarterback, defensive line, linebackers, the D.C. as well, and the right. defensive back coaches. All these guys, they hold a lot of clout where they come from, but they're willing to come here and play whatever role they need to to be a big major role player on our weekend. I
4: am tickled to death that I get to uh, work with these guys. Um, I thought it was a big deal that uh, when uh, Ken Brown uh, brought me on board for this, he said, Hey, I need you to put together a coaching staff uh, for your side. Uh, the first thing I wanted to do is I wanted to get as many head coaches as I could. I, I know that just added even more to the credibility of this game. Uh, and I was fortunate to do that. Uh, I've, I've actually worked with a number of these guys uh before. So there is a there's a, a level of um uh, we just know each other. Uh one thing that that I was worried about, because you know, we're coaches, we make up stuff to worry about, it's it, we have limited practice time. So I wanted to make sure that it was guys that I was kinda of familiar with, may have worked with in the past so that when we throw out some words or terminology, there's no learning curve because we've been together for so long. So, um, you know, the first guy that that I, I wanted to hire, uh, bring on, actually was uh, Demetrius Davis. He is uh, he's the head football coach at Fairfield Central. He's doing a fantastic job. Uh, me and Coach Meat worked together at South Carolina State. We were together for six years. Uh, and we actually carpooled together. So I think the world <laughs> of Coach Davis, I think he's a fantastic uh, uh, offensive mind. I think he does a great job. He was the offensive line coach there the uh, last couple of years. He was at State uh, for Coach Pugh. And uh, I knew been bringing uh, meat on board that, uh, hey, we only got two practices and a couple walkthroughs, and there wouldn't be as big a learning curve uh, terminology-wise and just you know what we're trying to accomplish. So I was excited to bring – coach uh davis on board and and then lee chambers is going to be our running back coach and he's currently at walhalla but he was the running back coach at south carolina state um Mm. while we were there so again we were all in in an offensive room together for oh god six or seven years so we kind of all have the same background so there you go again it's uh i I talked to coach pew yesterday I said, hey, I'm getting the band back together. (laughs) So it's his (laughs) offensive staff, to be quite honest. Um, uh, Another guy that uh, I wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, the the defensive side uh, would be in good hands. So we we were able to bring on uh, Will Mitchell, who's the head football coach at Louisville High School. He did a fantastic job. He was the uh, coach of the year up in the, the Rock Hill area. Coach Mitchell and I a million years ago were college roommates. So uh mm-hmm. I thought that was a uh, full circle. So we uh we played together at Charleston Southern and uh now we actually get to work together uh for an All-Star game. So I was excited about uh Coach uh Coach Mitchell's wife saying, "Yeah, you can, I'll, I'll let you out of the house for the weekend. You guys can go coach some football." So <laughs> uh, we have a I think we got a really good staff, uh Trent Usher is the head coach up at uh Central. He's coming on board. I'm an old man. I can remember when he was a player. Uh, Rob McNeely is going to be our defensive line coach. He's a head football coach at uh, Fort Mill. Uh, I've already uh, referenced Ern Mills, who played for me at the Citadel, and he's he's at Eastside High School. And then our quarterback coach is uh, Sean Corey, and he and he's coming from Gaffney. And as you well know, those guys uh, they win their mm-hmm. share of games up there.
2: Yeah, I'm surprised his last name is Little John. Anytime I see, anytime I see <laughs> no, Gaffney, I'm looking exactly for right. Little John. <laughs> They're coming from you're the reservation, exactly. and that's what the stadium, of course, is called up there. And I tell you what, the one injury that I will never forget, and because uh, I was sitting there in a freshman situation in high school, I went to City, We went up there to play uh, Gaffney. It's the first time I ever saw high school football players with, with grown man beards coming out of their helmets. Like I thought we were playing against uh, the Steelers. <laughs> And I come out as a freshman because our, our starting quarterback had a situation. So they said, okay, well, sweet 16 back then. We went up there. I came out in an almost a kind of a a bootleg of some route that I was running. And, and somehow the guys got to me in three helmets, ended up in one knee. And and yeah. I think the guy that cut the grass found my cleat dig down somewhere in the grass like next week. But, uh, man, I tell you, they play yeah. some football. Coach, I, I love the fact that you've got a lot of college experience. I love the fact, by the way, you were at Charleston Southern. Probably when it was called what Baptist College,
4: you know what I missed it. Uh, I was the first year of uh, Charleston Southern, so when I got there in in uh, August of of uh, ninety, they still had oh. uh, they had all the Baptist College gear in the uh, in the <laughs> in the school shop uh, uh, on clearance because they they were transitioning over to Charleston. Southern. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I went to Charleston. That's Southern pretty popular here. gear
2: now, though, coach. These kids now would eat that <laughs> stuff up. That's retro stuff, right? <laughs>
4: <laughs> you you you're exactly right i uh, had a had a great experience uh, uh playing uh for uh, coach David Dowd um, at charleston southern so it, it was it was a good experience and uh um here we go so we are uh, you know this time this time tomorrow night uh i'm looking at it at seven thirty so if i look at my itinerary we will have finished up uh dinner and a meet and greet and we'll we'll be moving into a a team meeting and then, uh, position meetings. And Hey, if you, if you drive by the hotel, uh, we'll be in a walkthrough out in the parking lot. So, uh, <laughs> we don't have a lot of time. We've got to make sure that we put the best product possible on the field on Saturday and put our best foot forward. So we've got to keep the schemes simple. I don't want it to be about the scheme. I want it to be about the player. Um, right. But we've got to get going. Uh, so this time tomorrow night, uh, I'll be blowing a whistle in a, in a, in a hotel
2: parking lot. <laughs> and it's going to be it's amazing crazy. with all this experience. 25 years, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, and, and you learned a lot about the coach that's with us right now from the west side over there, Coach uh, Danny Lewis. Of course, uh, he's the head coach at Heathwood Hall up there in Columbia. This weekend, he is part of the Epic 84 group here. So he'll be leading the upstate with a ton of experience around him. But let's look at your roster real quick, Coach. As uh, you got some familiar names on here. I I believe I was looking here, one of your running backs. I think, you know, that guy pretty well, Uh, just kind of looking through this, but you've got three solid quarterbacks. Oh, and one of those guys, you know, pretty well as well sitting here, but you do have a gap from Gaffney and all, but tell us a little bit about the offense and then change gears to the defense and what you expect out of this amazing group of uh, what 42 guys that you're bringing here to Charleston.
4: Well, we were, we were excited about the fact that, uh, you know, un- it's but it, you know, it's unfortunate, but, you know, it's just what we're dealing with right now uh, with COVID. Uh, you know, there was no Shrine Bowl and, and North-South and, and what have you. So this game took on an even bigger importance. So if you look at uh, – if you start offensively and you look at the quarterback position, uh, the first guy stands out is Dre uh, Lindsay from Gaffney. And he was named one of the Shrine Bowl quarterbacks. And uh, he's already uh, committed to Howard uh, – I think, uh, he's going to have a fantastic college career and, uh, I'm excited about the fact that he said, Hey, you know what? I did not get the opportunity to play in the Shrine Bowl. I want to have the experience of playing in an all-star game and he jumped at the opportunity and I'm excited about that. Um, we look forward to getting him out there on the field, letting him throw it around a little bit. You know, what you worry about as coaches is you don't want to do too much. You only have 48 hours, um, and we can sit there and draw up plays all we want to, but I, I, I want to make sure that we don't overwhelm them with assignments and we just let them go out and play so they can showcase their talents. Um, so I'm I'm, I'm encouraged uh, that we've got uh, three quarterbacks that, that will be able to run our offense. Uh, Marshall Skoloff from Eastside, I think that guy threw for a million yards. Every time I uh, turn on Twitter on, on Saturday mornings, I would see his staff, the guy – has done a fantastic job. I'll tell you what, I've been following him since he was a little guy in middle school. He He's one of these guys that really works on his craft. Uh, 12 months out of the year, he goes to, to a number of quarterback camps and, and stuff of that nature. He can really spin it. He's got a natural throwing motion. And I'm, I'm looking forward to being around that guy. Um, and, um, you know, he's been with a lot of really good quarterback coaches, uh, not only, where he's at at east side but also some of these guys that he travels around and visits with during the summer so uh you know I'm looking forward to being with with uh school and lindsay and then and then we've got uh alex lewis who uh he's a three year starter at heathwood he's uh he's my son um uh I'm excited about having another opportunity to uh go out on the field with him one more time before he uh he leaves uh leaves the house i'll be an empty nester but um He's get some opportunities to go play in college. So it'll be it'll be a good experience for him to be around these guys as well. So we'll uh we'll try to uh, I really wanted to make sure that these guys they're gonna come to an all-star game and they're gonna put in the effort and the hard work that we're gonna ask them to. I wanna make sure that everybody leaves with a good experience and, and as far as skill guys, everybody gets touches. Uh, everybody gets right. their carries and, and their receptions. Uh, so they can showcase themselves. So they can, so they can showcase not only uh, the programs that they are representing uh, back home, but also themselves as individual players. So that's a big deal for me. So I wanted to make sure we were versatile enough, um, and we spread the ball around whether it's in the run game and, and throwing it around. That uh, everybody gets touches. Everybody can kind of showcase their ability. Now to do that, you got to have some horses up front that can go block some people and. Uh, hmm. I'm excited because we've got some monsters up front. Uh, But they're not just big, slow guys. Uh, They've
0: got really good feet.
4: And, you know, for them to transition to the next level, that's one thing an offensive lineman's got to be. Yeah, you'd be the biggest guy in the world, but you've got to be able to move, and you've got to be able to block second-level defenders. And that was a big thing for this game. Let's find guys who can can transition to an all-star game, which is only going to help them. Uh, when they're in in a summer camp at their college here in, what, eight months. Uh, A guy that sticks out to me is Sean Perkins from Traveler's Rest. He's an offensive tackle. Let's face it, nobody can find tackles. And this guy's 6'5", 280, and he can pass per and he can pull and run. So I'm excited about working with a guy like this. Um, I I think uh, we'll go as the offensive line goes. And I'm really excited about the – seven guys.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. As we're wrapping it up here with the head coach of the Western side, Coach Danny Lewis. He is also the head coach over at Heathwood Hall. But this weekend, he will handle business for the upstate, bringing in a lot of talent, not only on the player side, but the coaching side, the history, the lessons. And and I can't wait for these guys who have all coached in college, played in college. What better way to teach these young men how to get to college? And they're going to do that by number one, playing the game at one o'clock. We know that's going to happen, but making the memories, doing the little right. things, enjoying the moments, making memories here that will start tomorrow for those guys at three. And for you, me and all of these coaches, along with the high school blitz, it starts for us tomorrow at one coach. Do me a favor. If you would reach out to some of your guys. And at eight o'clock, you've got the number. And I don't care who calls it. I, You can get whoever, just have them just start calling in at 8 o'clock for about 30, 45 minutes. I'd love to get them on here with us for the last hour so they can introduce who they are. And we can just kind of talk for about maybe 5, 10 minutes, uh, if you don't mind, help me out with that. And um, I sent them a message in our group chat. But, you know, some of them may be in the mad moments or or whatever, but I'd love a chance to talk to them. And, again, Coach, thank you so much for 30 minutes of your time tonight.
4: No, I appreciate you. I, I look forward to uh, seeing you when we get down there. I know it's going to be hectic uh, checking guys in and, and trying to uh, do the football part, but uh, I look forward to uh, sitting down and talking with you, and I appreciate what you do. I really do. I, I think it's uh, invaluable to be able to promote and support high school football in this state. I think it's a fantastic thing that Ken Brown's done to
2: put this game together, and I, I appreciate you supporting it. So I'm looking forward to it you got it coach as always god bless you we'll take care we will talk to you by the way uh in, in just about less than 24 hours but until then uh be safe on your travels down to charleston and again we'll see you soon
4: hey i appreciate it i look forward to seeing you
2: you got it coach there you go ladies and gentlemen that's the head coach of the western side of the conversation of the epic 84 take a place on saturday one o'clock woodland high school You want to get there early because gates open at 11. We've got a limit. Oh, do we got a limit? We need to make sure that we are socially distanced. Please bring your mask, bring your manners, and, uh, well, just uh, make sure that you're ready to rock and roll for the final high school game for the class of 21, starting it off in 21. On the 2nd of January. Quick break, and I mean real quick because we're going to the guru of all gurus, the high school guru, and that is David Shelton. You know what he did on the 25th? He released his All Low Country football team. We'll talk about that and how he picks it and then kind of get his thoughts, his opinions on that, all coming up right out of this small but yet short break.
5: When 7 feet
0: long
2: Welcome back, everybody. We're about halfway through our three-hour show, an hour and a half. We're in the book, 732 on the 30th day of December. 2020 is almost over. We don't know what's on the other side other than we do know that there will be a big game coming up on Saturday at Woodland High School between 84 of the top selected seniors in the state of South Carolina. We do want to thank the head coach of the western side, the upstate, all the way from Heathwood Hall. That's Coach Danny Lewis. 25 years of coaching and he's coached in a lot of places, but he did make a stop with Ellis Johnson at the Citadel, South Carolina State with Buddy Pugh. He was a uh, a, coach, a, a, a graduate assistant there at uh, South Carolina with Lou Holtz. He played football in the first class ever of Charleston Southern. It wasn't at the Baptist College. It was Nineteen ninety, where he played over there, at Charleston Southern, and a man who, by the way, was uh, well, he's done his own thing for Charleston Southern, as uh, he played a major role with Charleston Southern back in the day a few years ago. Is this guy hanging in with us now? Of course, David Shelton. What's up, David?
6: Hey, man. How's it going?
2: Good, buddy. Uh, we're we're almost there. So we do say, I uh, hope you had a great Christmas, man. How was Christmas over there at the Shelton home?
6: It was good. It was good. Um we had actually had two days of Christmas. We did some stuff on Christmas Day, then we had the Christmas dinner, the big big family thing uh, with my daughter and her husband's family, and we did all that on the 26th. So it was uh, it was good. It's my kind of my favorite time of the year. So I, I really enjoyed it.
2: Now, of course, your your other big surprise that you were able to finally able to get the answers to all these uh, inboxes of, David, are you going to release this all-low country football team or what, man? And you're like, you know what, guys? You know, COVID changed a lot of things, but it didn't change the history and the tradition of what you do, and that's the all-low country team being done on the 25th of uh, December. And you did that this year with Naaman. Coach Joe Call over there at Oceanside in his first year as Coach of the Year, Keith Desishore, the Player of the Year, uh, kind of talk a little bit about how this went down because I know you didn't go to bed on the 24th, put it all in and be done with it, man. This takes a lot of work uh, from uh, you, and I'm sure a few to get this thing put together, or maybe just you.
6: Yeah, pretty much just me. Um, it, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it is something that I start right after Thanksgiving. Uh, I start forming. Um, I start forming a preliminary list, uh, which which probably includes 200 players. Um, of, you know, stats and people I've seen and coaches nominations. And then I kind of dwindle it down each week. I I think I got it done uh, about the 20th and, uh, and then, you know, I have to give it all to the paper for them to design the pages and do all that. And and, um, so, but even up until, you know, the 24th at midnight, I was contemplating, Oh, did I just, should I put this guy here? Should I put this guy here? It's not an easy task, and 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 you know, it's like I tell people, it's 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 my opinion. I mean, it's one man's right. opinion, and 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 parents are going to have their opinions, and coaches are going to have their opinions. But I like to say that it's an informed opinion. You know, I I talk <laughs> to people uh, either via email, text message, phone calls. You know, live. Uh, I talk to a lot of high school coaches. Uh, I try to get as much of their input as possible. But in the end, I mean, my name goes on it, and I have to make the call. And and uh, But you know what? I, I think I did okay. I really do. Uh, I've had a couple people comment that, that, that you know, that I hit it right on. And, you know, there was a player or two that, that messaged me on Twitter and said, you know, hey, I should have been first team. And, you know, and, and I understand that. I mean, the the problem with today's athletes is they all think they're the best at what they do. Mm. Uh, but there can only be one best. You know, there can only be so many receivers or so many DD. Um, so you have to kind of break it out. And uh, the receiver, I tell you, I tell you the hardest position was wide receivers because there was some, you know, even though we were in a short season uh, stats were not as, as inflated as they would have been as you've been through 10 or 12 games. But I mean, there are some really good receivers in the Charleston area and, and, Putting three on the first team, three on the second team, and then some of the honorable mentions were were just as easily could have been second team. Some of the second team could have been first team, but you know you have to you have to kind of make that judgment. And uh, you know I did, and you know there were a couple. That was where the changes were at the last minute. Uh, to be honest with you, you got to get a, you got a guy like Demarius Anderson, who plays receiver at Stratford, also ran the ball on the jet sweep a good bit, had a couple hundred yards. You know, I couldn't fit him into the receivers, so I just made him an athlete and just named him as right. an athlete uh, because because I wanted to make sure I got him in there. But but the receiving depth was so good in the area. I mean, you've watched football all all year. I mean, there was some – I mean, Fort Dorchester's mm. got five, five guys, um, you know, a tight end, which we don't name a tight end. We we added a receiver and took away the tight end. But if we named a tight end, it would be the kid at Fort Dorchester, McKelvey. And, uh, right. You know, so it's difficult. Uh, the easiest spot probably was uh, the first-team the first, the first team quarterbacks, Will Daniel and Zoltan Osborne. Uh, Daniel led the area in passing yards and touchdowns. And, and then Zoltan, uh, he's only a sophomore, you know, no interceptions in, in all of his games. Did not throw a pick all year. And, uh, you know, I, I, he might be the only quarterback that I've ever covered You know, granted, he only played seven games and maybe he would have thrown 10 in the last three games. But I don't think I've ever covered a quarterback that went the regular season in the playoffs without throwing an interception.
2: And and I got to tell you what, Zoltan, watching this young man, and I have to remind people all the time is that he he is a kid who is just that he's a kid. He's a sophomore. Right. I mean, this kid is, you know, if you look at his picture there, it looks like he doesn't shave yet, which that's 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 not true but i'll tell you he looks like a baby right but he plays like a grown man he handles himself on and off the field like a veteran and he, and he was put into that role you know even last you know last year we shared the duties with sab over there with uh, with fort last year and I think that helped him grow into this position this year. But you, you, you're right. I think your wide receiver was your hardest position, David, because I went through and looked at your stuff. I said, man, you nailed it, because you easily could have had O.J. Washington, another Fort Dorchester kid in the top uh, in the top three. You had Jaden Scott, James Island. You saw what he did. How about the kid from uh, Walker, from Woodland? And then, of course, Malachi Taylor from Goose Creek. I mean, that kid alone, yeah. uh, if I'm not mistaken, isn't that young man? Is is that the young man that's going to uh, one of these guys that's going to Coastal? Which one is that guy? He's
6: He's he's going he's going to coastal and 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 you know if you want to know an interesting fact there Malachi for whatever reason he was the third leading receiver on his own team um, mm. we put James Levine on the first team he caught fifty something balls in seven games um, Malachi only had twenty one catches um, and Kion Smith was was over like thirty catches so you know. Uh, Malachi had a great junior year, and and he was good senior. Year. And you never know, you know, maybe teams are trying to take him away defensively and leaving James Levine to beat him. And uh, I mean, Levine had a great year. Solomon Butler, uh, that last receiver spot was between Solomon Butler and OJ Washington, I, I, as I recall. Their stats were similar. Uh, Butler yep. had more yards and more touchdowns, but uh, I, you know, OJ might have had a, a a couple of more catches, but. But regardless, I mean, they, again, you're splitting hairs, and, you know, I like to tell kids all the time, hey, if you made second team, you, you were just like a first teamer, because, you know, I'll tell you this, before I took it over, uh, about, you know, eight or nine years ago, they didn't do a second team. Uh, I had to talk them into it, because I said, we're leaving too many deserving kids out of recognition. They did a first team, and that was it. And so I added an honorable mention uh, which I include, every kid that is nominated by a coach uh, is makes honorable mention because I feel like if a coach takes the time to nominating, that means he's worthy. And uh, right. if he doesn't make first or second team, he gets honorable mention. But for many, many years, there was a first-team list, and that was it. And uh, so, you know, at least now we're able to honor more kids. Uh, they let me name, you know, three or four running backs for the first team. And look at the running backs we had. I mean, oh, yeah, that
2: was my great segue, we players, <laughs> because you got a lot of those guys too, Dwayne, David.
6: I mean, Dwayne Wright, Jaleel Porter, Demetri Simmons. I mean, those three are uh, right off the bat. They were all three player of the year candidates. And my final player of the year candidates list, it was those three, Keith, uh, Mikey Blandon from First Baptist, the linebacker, was my – was his defensive candidate. And I can't mm-hmm. remember the I'm, – I'm missing – it might be Will Daniel, but um, – but when I when I, you know, started talking to, you know, coaches privately and, and doing some research, Keith's name just kept coming up. It was like, you know, I say they say, Yeah, Dwayne Wright is a great player for Dorchester, but number five is the one we don't want no part of. And, <laughs> you know, they wouldn't kick it to him. You know, Berkeley tried that to open that game and you know, you see what he did. Um, yeah. you know, he took it back to the house and ended up having a huge game against Berkeley. Um, you know, his numbers weren't mind-blowing, but it was it was the respect that he commands on the field. I mean, Steve LaPrade called him, to me, and I put it in the story, one right. of the best ever to wear a Fort Dorchester uniform. And, you know, when you hear that, you go, whoa, man, this is some pretty good ones. But, I mean, he yeah. put him in the, in the same breath, with to carry as far as being able to impact a football game. In fact, he impacted the game in more ways than to carry on did uh, because of his return game. Uh, he could line up at wildcat and run the football, uh, catch, catch passes, you know, they put him on in the back end on safety or on, you know, in big defensive situations where the, you know, late game situations, he was just that good an athlete, um, right. you know, and, and, you know, having a chance to meet the kid and interview him and talk with him, uh, you know, I, I feel very good about the choice I made. But it was, it was difficult. You know, it was, uh, it was either going to be him or Wright because they were the seniors. Um, and when you look at, I was thinking about this today, when you look at recent years that, that I've had to name a player of the year, it's been kind of easy. Mikey Dukes, Terry on Joyner, Manny McQuamu. You know, I mean, they kind of jumped out at you and said, this is the guy without very little hesitation. But this year, you know, as soon as you say Dwayne Wright, you get Jaleel Porter's stats. And as soon as you go, okay, well, maybe him. Then you get Demetri Simmons' stats. You know, then you got, you know, Mikey Blandon had, you know, a billion tackles for First Baptist. And um, so it's very, it's very, I mean, it is subjective. It's, It's my call, but I did get some input from some people and, um, and I settled on Keith, and, you know, uh, I got some really positive comments with the fact that I picked him um, because, you know, he was, I mean, he was the player on Fort Dorchester that coaches feared the most, without a doubt.
2: Oh, yeah, you definitely had to count for number five when he was on the field, whether he's a Wildcat, wide receiver, running back. I mean, he basically, and by the way, he could throw the ball too, and that was something as well. And, and to show love to Dwayne, you know, this is a kid that would run it as hard as anybody in between the 20s. You know, I'm glad, and I say this on Ken Brown on his behalf of the high school blitz. Neither one of us picked our teams that were put together. We picked the coaches, they picked the players. Because I told Ken, I said, I don't want nothing to do with that, nor do I want anything to do with their parents. Because, you know, that's again, that's like mispronouncing somebody's name on the radio or on TV, man. You don't want any part of yeah. either one of those. But, you know, Dwayne Wright, great receiver, or great running back. Second year in a row, he's had over a 1,000 yards on the ground. Jaleel Porter, another 1,000 rusher. Demetrius Simmons, another 1,000 rusher. But we talk about youth and Zoltan Osborne, but you can't go without mentioning this kid, Von Ballou from Oceanside. Where did this kid come from? Because, you know, they had a kid that was pretty special. I think he wore number five as well just a year ago over there at Oceanside. Now he's running over there at UNC Charlotte. But they didn't get much of a beat by this kid, Von Ballou, a sophomore, Who's uh, doing things in the air, catching it and running it for Coach Call? Who was your coach of the year?
6: Yeah, uh, Vaughn Vaughn really did a did a nice job. I got to see them play twice, and I was really kind of uh, interested to see you know what what he looked like on the field and how he played. And they, he made an unbelievable catch in one game. I think it might have been the hand game. And uh, in the playoffs, he was very strong. Um, when you look at that, when you look at the class of running backs coming up. You got him as a sophomore. You got the young man, uh, Brown, at First Baptist, who's a freshman. You got Rivera at Hanahan, who's a freshman. Those were Hmm. our three second-team running backs. And so we're going to be looking at these guys for the next couple of years to kind of set the table for the rest of the class, along with Osborne, who's a sophomore quarterback. Uh, The the quarterback, Drew Taylor, uh, Drew Moore at Goose Creek is a sophomore going to be a really good player. He was, he was right there in the hunt for, for a uh, second team honors. And um, so we have a good, uh, th- there might've been as many underclassmen on my first and second team as I've ever had. They're, they're just, you know, guys are getting better earlier. I mean, it, 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 they're just starting to starting to make impacts earlier. And, uh, you know, those three running backs on the second team, I'm looking forward to watching them over the next couple of years.
2: Now, one thing you looked at also, David, is this seemed like a very good sized offensive line that you were able to pick from. And there was a lot of them. I mean, heck, Oceanside alone, their average guy is sitting somewhere around 6'4, 300 pounds. I mean, but then you had Jackson Campo from Somerville, six one, two sixty. 260. I mentioned Jacob Ashley. He's that like one kid at 6'6, 300 pounds. Rashawn Smith from Goose Creek, the kid coming at 6'3. 290 and then of course jordan richard i mean he reminds me a lot of that dude off the blind side and i actually got to watch him every friday night this kid pancaked the guy for like 30 yards all the way back to the bus at goose creek game that was a that was an impressive in itself but then Jaden johnson you know in the junior bowl that we had about two weeks ago they put him on the defensive side i know he's a center i believe for the gators but this young man played an amazing game he was one of our defensive players of the game from the Eastern side by playing defense and really penetrating. I mean, this is a kid that I think that, that showed himself that he's got a lot more to give than just that one position, you know, out of your offensive line, what did you like about this group of guys?
6: Yeah, they're, they're, you're talking about some guys that are going to play in college. I mean, Campo is the smallest guy. Probably everybody I talked to said he's the best center in the low country. Um, I think he's going to the Citadel. I'm not sure, but I think he is. Um, sure. Yep. And sure. then uh, – but but Jordan Richards Leprad Leprad says he might be the best he's ever had, other than a guy named John Simpson, uh, who's making money playing the game now. So uh, Jaden Johnson, you're right. I actually watched him play basketball a couple of weeks ago. Plays in the post and can run the floor. He's a, he's quick on his feet. I could see him being a defensive guy because he he can move. He he's not a he's not a you know a, a slow guy. He's athletic. Uh, you know he's a. He's a good-looking 290. You know, he doesn't look heavy or overweight. Um, and, uh, and and like you said, Jacob Ashley is is uh, going to be a, a Division One prospect next year. Monroe Freeling is going to be a Division One prospect in two years. Mm-hmm. Well, he is a prospect now, but I mean, he was only a sophomore at Oceanside. And they had they had a couple of guys, Will Gause, who I think was voted their team lineman of the year uh, on their team. Uh, he was he was heavy in consideration, uh, their long snapper champagne is probably, probably the best in South Carolina to be honest with you. And and, in fact, I did get a nice message from him, uh, begging me to name a long snapper next year. And I, and I think I will, (laughs) I I think I, um, you know, I, I, the, the problem is there just aren't that many of them that, uh, that, that really deserve that kind of honor. But, but when you have one, as good as him, uh, that is rated nationally. And, and, you know, I think you you know, you probably need to find a space for him. So we'll we're going to look at that next year to name a long snapper and uh, and uh, and before you ask, no, we're not going to name a holder and <laughs> we're not, not going to go that crazy. But, but a long snapper is pretty important.
2: Yeah, no doubt. You actually probably could name a student trainers. I think these guys worked as hard as anybody, making sure that the bottles didn't cross over and and there was a lot of uh, oh, a, a lot of you know things that they had to do. Right? I mean, you know, before we look at the defense, I mean. David, and for those who want to maybe say, well, how about this guy or that guy? Look, check out David's credit card or his card where he had to fill up gas about every other uh, every other day, if not every day, as he was going from different campus to different Friday night lights to different things. Because, again, and then when the playoffs hit, I know you were you were traveling as well. But, you know, for the trainers, I mean, yeah, we talk a lot about the ins and outs, but behind the scenes, I mean, across the state, but definitely here in the low country. I think we have some of the best student trainers led by the teaching trainers uh, in the state, if not in the country?
6: Well, I, I definitely think so. I, I mean, some of these guys that are the, the head athletic trainers, uh, they take a lot of pride in what they do. They're very serious about it. Uh, this year was a big challenge for them uh, with all the protocols and all the safety issues. And, and, you know, we handled it pretty well up until the playoffs and and, right. and through no fault of their own, of course and uh, and you're right these student trainers uh you know if you just if you just if you go to a game and and you just take a break from watching four or five plays and just watch what they do uh watch the pregame it they set up everything and they're and they're constantly moving pregame trying to make sure the the tables are set and the coolers are out and the water jugs are labeled and all that other stuff um, you know, the same thing with cheerleaders. I mean, they had to go through mm-hmm. a lot of protocol stuff, and uh, you know, they had to cheer with mask on. And I know they don't, they don't like that because it covers up their pretty face. But you know, <laughs> sometimes we gotta. I mean, you know, you had to cover up your pretty face
2: too. So I mean, if you can do it, <laughs> they can do it, right?
7: That's right, David.
2: <laughs> Let's talk about some pretty faces on the defensive line as we head to the first team defensive course live right now with uh, the Poston Carriers' one and only David Shelton. He's the guru of all gurus on Friday Night Lights here and hangs out with us on uh, Wednesday nights here on Southern Sports Central. But Devin Geddes, Sam Moultrie, Kai Buffalo, DeAndre Jones, that's a young man I think you also keep your eye on because yeah, I think he's a sophomore. Quince Holbert out of yeah. Goose Creek. I mean, so many guys on that front line. Loaded that that with got ton of great speed with their with their feet, but also able to use their hands to get around that front line that they faced all year long.
6: Yeah, there's some good players that that you know Gaddis is a guy uh, that that I, when I was over there in August uh, talking with Coastal Pride and watching him practice, he pointed him out and he said people don't know about this kid, but this kid is going to be great. And when mm-hmm. I got his stats at the end of the year, he was great. You know, they had another one there, Demetrius – Um, uh, what's his last name? He was on the second team defensive line. So, they had two really good ones. Um, And Geddes was every bit as good as what LePrad was trying to tell me would be. He said nobody knows about him because he didn't really play last year. But this kid, you know, he's like 6'3", 260, uh, really quick and strong. that um, yeah, Kai Buffalo at Hanahan um, was a guy – probably could have made the first team offensive line. He was a two-way guy at Hanahan, played defensive end and offensive tackle, um, really athletic kid. Uh, Art Craig just could not sing his praises enough um, as to the sacrifices he made trying to go both ways um, and, and really had a, as good a year on the offensive line as he had on the defensive line. But when you looked at the offensive line, you're like, well, there's no place to put him. So we're going to put him on the defense. And then, you know, Sam Moultrie at Timberland was a four-year varsity guy, two-time first-team defensive lineman selection. I mean, just a great high school football player. You know, you probably won't see him in, in big-time college football because of his size, you know, his height, but just a man in the middle. I mean, you know, just a, a really good football player. And then, you know, the the kid from uh, Somerville, DeAndre, is a sophomore, and uh, Ian, Ian Rafferty, the coach over there, you know, he thinks this kid is going to be really special. Uh, I think he had uh, 14 tackles for loss and like eight sacks uh, right. for a 10th grade. That's, exactly that, that's, that's pretty darn good. That's pretty darn good. And 12
2: quarterback hurries, too. By the way, he rushed about 12 quarterbacks. He was a guy that I know that I got to see him, you know, and I've seen this young man kind of grow up during my times over there at Somerville, but I got a chance to watch him on the other side as I was, you know, I've been at fourth this year and, and watching. You had to count for wherever he was on the field. As you had to do all these guys, and the young man that you were you were looking for the name is Demetrius Watson, by the way. He's another big man out of Fort uh, that, that, of course, yeah. was uh, one of the top mentions. Let's head to the linebackers uh, here, and again, you know, we're, we're, this is an area that we seem to do really well with in the low country for some reason. What is it about the low country, the linebackers, that, that you see guys like Jaden Gardner, Caleb Edwards, Mikey Blandon? You mentioned him at first, Badges, by the way. I think that's the young man he's heading to the Citadel. Uh, Miles Walker, yeah. we know that name very well because he's been at Berkeley, it seems like, forever. Uh, a lot of those guys. These are defensive backs, by the way, and even Melvin Ravenel. But kind of, kind of break down the rest of this defense uh, before we get you out of here uh, at the top of the hour.
6: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the the linebackers. You know, you got Quint Tolbert over at Goose Creek that had averaged about 11 tackles a game. Um, really had a great senior year. and He's starting to get some rewards for that. Getting some some small college offers. Um, uh, Caleb Edwards is a junior at West Ashley. That's about six four, two twenty. Uh, probably going to be a big time prospect next year. Uh, had had a bunch. Uh, had, I think he had a hundred tackles, uh, and and really helped turn that West Ashley program around, along with Jaleel Porter from the offense. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, the young man out of uh, who was the other one you just mentioned? Uh, drawing a blank. The the guy from um,
2: yeah, Jaden Gardner,
6: from Fort Dorchester, Caleb Dorchester, Edwards, Gardner. Yeah, Gardner. Yep. Yeah, yeah, right. Gardner from Port Dorchester. Last two years, he was their leading tackler, and they had three really good linebackers: Justin Michael Bean and uh, mm. can't remember the other one. I think he's on the second team. Otis Mack. Yeah, Otis Mack yeah, Jr. Yeah. They had three really good. They had three really good linebackers. All of them good enough to be first team uh, or second team. I mean, you you just don't have enough spots, and you know you don't want to. I mean, Fort Dorchester was the best team in the area. Uh, you don't want to making an all-port dorchester team but you need to try to reward the the best guys and uh right. i think they had the most i think they had i think they had seven or eight um first teamers or, or maybe first and second team i can't remember but uh but i mean you know the list does end up a lot of times being comprised of you know a fewer number of schools but those are the best teams and you want to reward the best players from the best teams the berkeleys the Somervilles. The Fort Dorchester's, uh, Oceanside, First Baptist, you know, all all five of those teams were really good. Uh, Stratford right. had a really good year. Um, probably more underclassmen, or you know, they're they're a team on the on the rise, so you may see more of their guys next year. But um, you know the, that that Miles Walker at Berkeley, man, I mean, he had a pick six against Goose Creek the night I was there, and uh, and I think he only had two picks, but. I saw them play again, and I never saw a ball thrown even close to his direction. So, you know, sometimes the guys don't have the huge numbers, but they have a huge effect on the game because, Mm, you know, like Deion Sanders. Nobody ever tried to throw on Deion Sanders. You know, he would have two picks and 12 tackles because nobody wanted to go. Nobody went his way. Uh, He he took away that whole half side of the field. And uh, a guy like Miles Walker uh, could do that, Khalid Gadsden in the secondary at safety. I mean, that guy, I think he's been playing like 12 years. I mean, he's been around for <laughs> yeah, a long time. And, yeah. Uh, and I'm pretty sure he's graduating. I'm pretty sure he's not going to come back. <laughs> yeah, I think but he's I done. This is it. School, I did have one one coach in the area that played them. They were just like, you know, the guy's got to be in his eighth year. And I'm like, yeah, he's been there a while. <laughs> and and and, and when, coaches, when coaches talk about players like, I'm so glad he's graduating, you know he's pretty yeah. good.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. Of course, Ron Shaver was one of those guys you mentioned. Josh Shaw, an athlete out of Hanahan, Demarius Anderson, the big, uh, the final Anderson out of the four chapters that they put through the Low Country. The final one graduates, and we heading. uh, I'm hearing a couple places. I've heard Newberry. I know that Eastern Michigan was one place, but I've heard Newberry's a new conversation that could be a conversation. Uh, The final thing, the final two, and we can connect it both to Oceanside. Number one, how great is it to see Coach Call? He leaves a tradition where he had grown up as the ball boy, ended up being a ball player, ended up being a a, a position coach, the offensive coordinator, now the head coach at Somerville. He leaves there. He heads to Oceanside. He's in an electric year in 3A, first time in 3A. They go undefeated. They they, They win everything they can. The only thing that knocks them out is the word we don't use on this show, just like First Baptist. But he did it with a freshman. And I don't know how many times you've ever recognized a freshman. And Coleman Franzone, 5'9", 165 freshman, led a public school punter with, what, 37.7-yard average, and he had a long punt of 51 yards, and he dropped six punts inside the 20. And I mentioned this kid, I don't think he's 14. He might be 14, but he's a freshman either way. And to get recognized, these two guys, I think a great way to kind of end the segment with you, David.
6: Vincent McKinley, the field goal kicker, place kicker. I mean, I I did, like I said, I saw them play his kickoffs. Are, are a thing of beauty. I mean, he kicks it a ton, um, makes his makes his field goals, makes his extra points. Uh, Joe Joe was very fortunate at, at Oceanside that they're special. You know, they must have a good special teams coach. I don't know who it is, but he must be – he must work them pretty
2: good. Oh, um, Eugene. but, but
6: uh, Yeah, but I, I think when you have that at the high school level, when you don't really have to worry about, Kicking and punting—that it's not—it's not like—and it's not, and he's got a long snapper that is one of the best in the country, so that's right. a whole area of the game. You know, hey, we don't have to tackle anybody on kickoffs because the guy's kicking it in the end zone, and you know our punter is kicking it forty yards with some hang time and and getting fair catches, and uh, you know our long snapper never makes a bad snap, so we don't have anything to worry about there. Uh, that's a whole sex- segment of the game. I mean, you practice it. But you don't have to concentrate on it because you know you got guys that can handle that. And uh, that was a big advantage. And it's going to be a huge advantage next year. When you look at Oceanside next year, they got a lot of guys coming back. They got a really Mm. good offensive line. They got Vaughn Blue. They got Garrison Kepley at quarterback. They had 11 underclassmen starting on defense. So that whole defense is going to come back plus their kicking game. They're going to be – they're going to make a serious run, no doubt. And, and if they get a spring practice and they get 7-on-7, seven seven, if, we, if we're fortunate enough with this COVID stuff to get – to have a normal off season, offseason, um, right. I, I, I seriously think you could see Oceanside start the season ranked in the top three or four in 3A in the state. I really believe
2: that. No doubt. And, by the way, the entire offensive line coming back, if I'm not mistaken, as well, and they're healthy and hungry as well. I'd hate to feed those kids – uh, David, I will catch up with you after the show because I know you and I need to catch up uh, because we look forward, can't wait to see you on Saturday. I've got your band ready. I've sent you the final. It took us to get us to tonight to get the final list from the West finally secured, uh, and you had, I believe, the East covered yesterday. and And I'll give you a shout, and, and we'll break down any other questions you may have about this game coming up on uh, on Saturday. We're practicing on Friday. If you want to come out to that, uh, you can be, of course, the uh, you be our guest to, to kind of see a little bit of the pre part of what we are doing as well, buddy. Okay, man. I appreciate it. All right, David. Thank you very much. David Shelton, the best in the business, ladies and gentlemen. I got to tell you, his job is not easy when it comes down to narrowing it down to the best of the best in the state of South Carolina. Quick break. Don't go anywhere. 803, you're up next. That means I believe, and I believe we're going to enjoy the rest of the show with the guys in the show from the West Side of Life. That is the upstate boys of the epic 84. We're going to you guys next. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yellman here live on Southern Sports Central. I want to thank David Shelton for hanging out with us the last 30 minutes. Before that, it was Coach Danny Lewis. He's the head coach of Heathwood Hall normally. But this weekend, he's coach of the Epic 84 Western side of life, and that is the upstate of South Carolina. Now, let's do this. I'm going to go in order because they're coming in like, well, hotcakes. We're going to head over to the first one that's waited the longest in the 803 we say good afternoon and welcome to Southern Sports Center. Who's with us?
8: It's just me hanging out listening.
2: Oh, it's just you. Well, hang tight as Miss V is in the house. And now we're going to go back to the 803, Miss V. Don't go nowhere. 803, you're with us. What's going on? Who's hanging out with us on a Wednesday night? Hello? Hey, buddy, who's this?
9: This is uh, Alex Lewis from Heathwood Hall. Alex
2: Lewis. Hey, no pressure there, Mr. Lewis. I talked to your head coach earlier. You know that guy pretty well, right? Yes, sir, just a little bit. (laughs) Hey, man, I'm excited to have you in here. By the way, I know you're deciding in between some things. That is the Citadel, PC, Newberry, uh, and and a few others. Man, you are, of course, uh, one of the quarterbacks going to be joining us here this weekend. Alex, first of all, congratulations on, on making this team. Congratulations on, on finishing your regular season and, and, and everything that you left us here in high school football. And and I just say thank you. Thank you so much for giving us a little bit more. We're selfish. We ain't ready to give you away just yet to your college career, man. Appreciate you coming in here and playing us football this weekend. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. So talk to me, brother, man. Uh, what are three goals? What are three goals that you're hoping to accomplish uh here to uh this weekend as you guys will hit the field uh this weekend but you'll be here with us starting uh i believe as early as three o'clock tomorrow
9: well i want to you know it's a great opportunity to play with uh some guys around the area that you hear about and you play against so i'm uh building uh some relationships with these guys because you know i've played them for so long and uh you know just getting to know them and uh succeeding with them you know Hopefully, we can uh, have some success, and uh, it'll be a fun game.
2: Yeah, it's definitely going to be a fun game, and of course. Uh, you know, how tough was it for you this year, man, to, to stay focused, to stay in, in, in queue with everything? Of course, everybody knows the word. We don't use that kind of language on this show about the C word, you know. But it, it, it was a thing this year, right? You guys had to start and stop or start stop and start. Either way, how hard was it for you as a, as a quarterback, man? Where about rhythm? I was a former quarterback. Uh, how hard was it for you to kind of make sure that you guys were in rhythm, you stayed in shape, that way you didn't have to get in shape? What did you do during the during that downtime, during the uh, summer months, to keep you ready and ready to rock and roll for your senior year? Yeah, it was definitely difficult, you know, with uh,
9: COVID going on. We couldn't get on campus. Um, uh, couldn't have practices until a little bit later. But I uh, had a lot of the guys over working out in the garage every day and uh, just kept
2: going at it. And uh, we were blessed to have
9: a uh, full season.
2: Now, when you started seeing some of the guys in this uh, team chat with Miss V and, of course, myself and all the the guys here on this board that put this thing together, what are some of the names you started seeing that you were like, man, I get a chance to play with this guy? He's in the upstate up here and maybe Wahala or something. Was there anybody that kind of stood out to you other than, I know your running back, I believe, that's going to be playing with you at least one more time here in your senior season?
9: Yeah, it's going to be great to play with
2: uh, Ronnie Porter
9: again, my running back. I'm uh, one of my closest friends to get to play uh, one more game with him. And uh, some of the other quarterbacks, you know, quarterback from Gaffney um, uh, and uh, quarterback from Eastside, uh, Marshall Skoloff, I believe it's going to be uh, yep. fun playing with them.
2: And I believe there's a couple of names as wide receivers. I can't, I bet you can't wait to kind of throw some things their way. One of those guys, of course, uh, Josiah Benson over there, Daniel, we saw some things, Omega Blake heading to South Carolina, out of South Point, Jalil Dean, Miller, uh and then you got of course Elijah Spencer and Jordan Smith from Ridgeview. Uh, that kid's special electric man. Well, how how about these receivers that you get a chance to throw some seeds to?
9: Oh yeah, it'll be uh it'll definitely be fun to these types of guys. And uh you know just getting a chance to uh you know always hearing about them and finally getting to uh get to know them and uh throw them some balls.
2: Man, It's going to be a lot of fun, man. Let's talk a little bit about you real quick before I get you out of here, brother. The Citadel, your dad's got some history there. PC, I'm sure there's a lot of connections up that way, not too far from where you are now. And Newberry, a, a great place. It's got some great athletes, man. And, and I know that's just a few schools that you're looking at, if I'm not mistaken by my notes here. Uh, what are you looking at, at at these schools? What are you looking to major, man? And, and, and why have you kind of, what about these three schools that you like the most?
9: Well, well, three like by the most is uh, they're uh, looking at me as a quarterback. And, uh, you know, uh, Citadel runs the triple option. I was uh, born on campus, so I've always been uh, really uh, interested in the Citadel. And um, uh, I want to major in uh, exercise
2: science. Yeah, we heard some exciting news about you earlier, by the way, when we were catching up with the head coach. Of course, that's your dad. No pressure, by the way. I played for my dad. Man, everybody thinks it's easy, brother. It is the hardest position is to be – you know, it's like being the preacher's kid and the, and, and the coach's kid, man. These two titles that are – everybody thinks they're easy, brother. It ain't easy, but you've made it almost. Right. you got one more game to play. But I'm going to give you advice as a guy that played for his father too, man. Enjoy this last game. Enjoy the memories and moments. Man, you'll play football at 1 o'clock. I promise you that. Good Lord willing, in the creek don't rise, you'll be throwing that thing around on Saturday. But, man, I can't wait to meet you. I'm going to put you on the radio a lot this weekend, so get used to this because when you go to wherever you choose and God puts you at whatever campus he lands you on, these are the things you get a chance to do every time you step off the field, there's going to be a microphone in your face. So we'll be practicing that this weekend. How about it? Yes, sir. That sounds
9: great. Thank you.
2: All right, buddy. God bless you. Take care. Stay safe. We'll see you tomorrow afternoon. How about it, buddy? We'll see you soon.
9: You too. Thanks for having me.
2: Oh, my pleasure. There's Alex Lewis, and he is going to be one of the quarterbacks out of the West side of life. And now we head to, let's go over here to the 864. Who's with us from the 864 in the upstate?
10: Uh, Matthew Davis.
2: Matthew Davis. What's going on, Matthew, man? Tell me a little bit about yourself, man. How big a fellow are you? What position? What school? Tell me some info, man. Give me some knowledge on you, buddy. Well,
7: I'm 6'2, 310. I play at Blacksburg High School. I'm an offensive lineman. I also played on DL this year too. I started on both sides of the ball.
2: I got in at six two three ten. I think you play wherever you want to play. I don't think anybody's going to tell you you can't play uh, in, in any of those positions. <laughs> tell me, so you said, is it Blacksburg High School? Is that what you is that the name of the school up there in the Upstate? Yes, sir. All right, so tell me a little bit about Blacksburg, man. For somebody who – I know a little bit about it, man, but but what makes Blacksburg so special, man? What's something when you close your eyes and you think to yourself in 20 years from now – and trust and believe me, brother, 20 years is going to be like a flip in the pan. It's going to be here tomorrow. But what are you going to think about a memory in your days and your time that you made this chapter in high school, man?
7: Uh, most definitely the fans, especially in a small town just for – the whole like the whole community coming out there to watch us play. I uh, you, you don't suspect that this many people in a small town, but everyone comes out to come watch us and just, the energy is just unbelievable here.
2: I love it, man. So uh, classification 1A, 2A, 3A. Where where do you guys stand in classification?
7: We're a small 2A school.
2: 2A school. Let me tell you something about 2A schools, guy. 2A school is, is like 4A schools when I grew up, man. The town shuts down, correct? Nobody's home and everybody's at the stadium. Stands are packed out. Well, not this year, but normally, right? I mean, you talk about people <laughs> on the fence line. Is that what? Is that what I'm? Is I'm? I selling it enough here? Am I believe you believe in what I'm telling you?
7: Oh yes, sir.
2: Man, I'm getting excited. You're getting excited all of a sudden. All of a sudden, man, the, the hair on your arm start <laughs> oh, to stand yeah. up a little bit here, big Matthew. Now, uh, man, we got to feed this guy in this V62310. What do you eat, man? What, what's your favorite food? Let me ask you the a question that I need to know.
7: Uh, it's a, lot of, it's a lot of meat. I like steak and burgers, really. I mean, <laughs> any chance I
2: can I'll go get them. Yeah, I got you, man. What's your favorite restaurant up there in, uh, in the town that you live in? What town are you guys out of, by the way? Uh, sir? What town are you in? What town are you? do you live in over there? Where? Where's Blacksburg High School located? What town?
7: Uh, it's, like, it is. The town's called Blacksbury. It's right right outside of Gaffney.
2: It's nine miles away. Yeah, well, I'm not surprised you're not a big dude. You're you're I'm not surprised you're a big dude anywhere around the word Gaffney, man. I expect you guys to start shaving <laughs> at like nine. Right? I mean, you guys, I don't know what they feed you. It kids can't be steak and burgers, brother, because I, I told a story to your coach, man. The first time I was a freshman in high school, I came up to uh, Gaffney. We played up there in the reservation. And uh as a freshman I wasn't shaving and the guys on the other side they weren't shaving either because their beards were coming out of their helmets and man it was like running for your life dude it was as a quarterback it was uh it was every bit of 62310 and a nightmare to go with it buddy uh, what are you looking forward to this weekend man I know you guys are pumped about this game and you know the uh, the team a couple weeks ago in the upstate they set the trend man they won it last week and they say hey can you do what we did we'll find out man what are you looking forward to this weekend
7: I'm just looking forward to play with a bunch of players. I'm ready to show my talent. Uh, hopefully, get recruited a little bit harder than what I am right now, and just go out there and represent Blacksburg, our small little town. You know,
2: man. You say Blacksburg, all I keep thinking this V is Virginia Tech and keychains rattling and and, and lunchbox <laughs> bringing kind of guys, man. So I don't know what your tradition. What's the tradition up there, man? What What do you? What's a tradition that you guys do? Everybody does something special. What are y'all doing on Friday nights for a tradition? Uh,
7: we, we used to walk the stands, and then we go out there and touch the iron. But uh, we just walked. And this year, we walked out two by two, touched the iron,
2: uh, uh, the iron man, and we were just ran out. I love the history, man. Is there a song? Is there some type of thematic song, or does the band just unlock and you guys unload and go to work?
7: That's just the band, and we
2: unload and go to work. Go to work. Yes, I love it. Small town USA, Miss V. That's what we're all about here on Southern Sports Central. And I can't wait, man. So what are you driving up in, like, a big truck? Man, you got a big truck you're going to be rolling up in here tomorrow with, like, uh, some horns on the front, man, and a dog box in the back. I mean, what what we got going on here tomorrow, man? What am I going to see Big Mac coming in here with tomorrow?
7: Man, I wish I'd be driving all that. I'd be driving my mama's blue
2: jeep. <laughs> Hey, ain't nothing wrong with Mama's blue jeep, man. We love Mamas around here, so Mamas, Mamas make the world go round, buddy.
0: <laughs>
2: so, so where you want, where you want to go to school, man? What kind of interest do you got? Have you, have you been talking to some people, man? You building these relationships? I know it's a tough season. I don't want to get you, I don't want to get you sensitive tonight, but, but I get it. That's why you're here to make a difference and make a few good friends along the way. But where you wanting to go to school? Who are you talking to right now? Uh,
7: I'm mainly talking to limestone. Uh, I'm. It's hitting now with uh, Newberry, and every once in a while it's Garden Web and I have uh, handed sydney They're D3. They're in North Carolina, and then I have Wheaton College, and they offered me, which is up in uh, Chicago, right outside of Chicago. they're,
2: They're
7: recruiting me pretty heavy. I'm planning to go on a visit up there
2: soon. Six two three ten, but I think you got enough of skin to do it, man. I, I'm not grown enough to go to Chicago to play football, but I got to tell you something: go where you can play and uh, and do what you got to do, my friend, because uh, talent will 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 definitely be found when you got out there on the field. What are you wanting to major in, man? Because I say this on my show to every athlete, man, and I'm an athlete. I, I played you know the sport in college uh, as far as baseball was concerned in, in Columbia, and, and I never thought the day was going to happen where I would not longer play a game of any sport, right? And that happens. But then my degrees started to become, you know, the best thing that ever came out of my college experience. But for you, same thing. You know, this thing called football is going to have an expiration date like the milk in your refrigerator. When that does happen and you quit playing football in the NFL, you see what I'm doing here, uh, what are you going to do after your days in the NFL?
7: Uh, I'm to do physical education. i wanted to coach football along with it. I just can't see myself leaving the or doing anything else other than
2: that right there. God bless you for that, my friend. I'm going to tell you something, man. Good for you for wanting to give back to a game that's probably been given to you since you were, what, four years old? You probably started carrying a football at like one or two, if I can can be honest with you. But, uh, you know, I can't wait to meet you, big guy. I just can't wait to catch up with you, man. Tell everybody up there in uh in, in that town you're in to come on down and let's watch some football on saturday but you got a lot of work i've seen your itinerary man you better be drinking a lot of juice you better be sleeping a lot because you got a lot of work and it's going to start as soon as you get out of mama's little blue jeep tomorrow afternoon my friend yes sir all right buddy hey we're going to do a a media night on friday night i expect you to stop by and and say hello to us uh i'll be around you'll see me and of course miss v did you want to check in real quick and say hello to the big man?
8: Sure, why not? I heard him say steaks.
2: He did say steaks.
8: <laughs> yeah. Hey, at, you at 310,
2: you he knew he was going to say steaks. That was a given.
8: <laughs> I hope you bring some steaks in that Jeep. <laughs> yes,
0: ma'am.
8: I take, I take my medium.
0: All oh, right. <laughs>
8: okay. <laughs> well, I can't well, wait big Matt, I man. do as well. <laughs>
2: We will, we will check in with you tomorrow. Three o'clock is the beginning of you guys getting in here, and I'm going to tell you, let me tell you a secret, man. You know, yeah, there's going to be some food here, but, but I'm going to give you guys a secret. We're not putting it out there, you know, all over your board, but I'm going to tell you, when I used to go camping or playing in these games, I always carried some sodas or some drinks. I guess some Gatorade or water for your coaches that are listening, Uh, you know, whatever the, that healthy stuff is. But you're a big dude. You can drink what you need. But bring you some snacks, man. Because I'm going to tell you something. You're in that room. You got a refrigerator in there, man. You know what? You know, those snack machines that we'll have around, they're there. But ain't nothing like laying in the bed and leaning over and grabbing that bag of chips, brother. I'm going to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. All right, buddy. Well, God bless you. Stay safe. Safe travels. Can't wait to get a fist bump out of you tomorrow night when I catch up with you at the hotel.
7: Yes, sir. Most definitely. Thank you for having me. My pleasure.
2: Big man. Look at that, Ms. V. We're checking in at 62310. Every bit of it, steak and burgers. As I was, I'm going to call him when I catch up with him tomorrow. I'm not even going to call him uh, Matthew. I'm going to go him Steak and Burgers. All right, let's head over to the 843 843 680. You're on with Southern Sports Central. What's up?
11: What's up?
2: Hey, who's this?
11: This is Juan,
2: What's going on, big man? Talk to me, man. So, uh, Give me some uh, give me some information about you, man. What school do you go to? What position you play? Uh, what are you excited about this game and all that good stuff?
11: I go to Central High School and I play receiver. I'm just having to, you know, be a part of play, play with different people across the across the world and you know, just have fun and
2: make you know. I love it, man. Of course, uh, now you get a chance to do some really big things here this weekend. Uh, you know, when when you look at your time in high school, big guy, man, what are, what are some of the best moments that you remember looking back at it and, and, and kind of uh, you, you'll reflect in, in uh, maybe a year from now that when it comes down to some of your best days in high school?
11: I uh, ain't nothing like Friday Night's football. I mean, especially home games. I mean, fans like Lucy up and, you know, down with friends. You know, I so ain't nothing like Friday Night's football.
2: And nothing like Friday Night Football, man. When they make a movie about it, big guy, you know it's serious, right? I mean, that's just – that's kind of the way it works uh, for sure. Now, tell me a little bit about your school, man. Uh, give me the, – the how big a school is it? 1A, 3A, 4A, 2A? Where do you guys stand uh, in classification? Uh, we have 2A. Uh, okay, 2A. So, there you go. So, we just, of course, had a guy from Blacksburg in the upstate up there, 2A football. Again, I love 2A football, man. I've seen – some of the greatest fans in the stands and around the field, man. And and again, is it the same thing, man? The town shuts down and and nobody—I mean, nobody's home because they're all sitting in the stadium in a non-COVID season.
11: Yeah, they're be packed. My fans going
2: crazy. I love it, man. It just—it it—it gets me excited listening to that whole breakdown of what Friday Night Lights means to just so many, man. Now, now, give me a tradition, man. If I came to your school and. And I and I wanted to ask you guys, what do you guys do traditionally on Friday night that makes their school so special? What do y'all what do y'all do?
11: Um, what we do is like we'll have a um uh, have a team meeting. Um we'll have a team we'll have a team meeting and we'll walk down this like, this long long hill and know uh, we're we'll, like we'll touch it by the eagle, which well, we got a little statue of the eagle and we'll touch it and walk down and have like have like kids around it, shaking our hands, basically like, like this, you know, mm. I had
2: everybody around yes, sir. Yeah, I love it, man. Hey, that's what wow. it is. You said little kids are down there too, man. You guys are, are kind of embracing the community during that one, huh? Yes, sir. I love it, man. I love it. So, so when you start to kind of put things into order, man, you know, what are some of the things when you, when you look at this weekend, you know, you're going to get to play with a lot of guys. Was there anybody that stuck out to you when you started seeing you guys pop up in this chat group? Or maybe uh, even maybe you've heard about some of the guys on the other side playing for the other uh, the other team that you're looking forward to meeting or playing with?
11: Um, uh, I know a lot of uh like, like Omega, Omega, a lot of them. I went to camp, football camp with them. And right. And my boy, JJ. So, I know a lot of them. So, like, seeing them, like, seeing them, like, in the group chat and, like, playing against each other, I was, like, wow, you know, somebody back, you know, the home, like – Cranstil, Robert,
2: you know, like the best of the best. And, and it is, man. I'm going to tell you something. I'm trying to give each one of you guys different advice here on this weekend because we'll do a media night on Friday night. So I make sure you'll see the Southern Sports Central guy with a, either a shirt or sweatshirt, or, and you'll see the microphone and the backdrop there with me. But uh, swing by, say hello. You don't have to hang out long, and uh, we'll just have some football conversation with you. But I'll also be at the practice with you guys on Friday. I'll be in the lobby with Miss V. We're going to mic it up and talk to you guys as you guys uh, kind of get back in from you know, walkthroughs or whatever. So it should be from about 6 to 9 tomorrow. We'll do some stuff with you. Then we'll do some more stuff with you throughout the weekend and then TV. You know, I'll be calling the game with Deverage Sands on, um, on the TV screen come uh, Saturday. But the best advice I'm going to give you, big man, is take every moment. Before we get to that game on Saturday, build as many relationships because a lot of these guys okay. are going to colleges and different places. And I'm going to tell you, man, the best recruiter you've got, Is sitting on this bus either beside you or playing against you, but definitely being with you on this experience this weekend, big guy. Yes, sir. Well, buddy, I appreciate you, man. God bless you. Be safe this weekend getting down here. I can't wait to see you as you guys will be rolling through here starting tomorrow, I think about 3 o'clock. So safe travels. Buckle up, right? Get here safe, and uh, we'll talk to you when you get to the lobby. How about it?
11: Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, Coach.
2: Always a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, we got another one. Check that out. Good times here on Southern Sports Central. We're checking in with the team from the upstate back to the eight six four we go. And of course, uh, let's check in with who's with us. Top of the afternoon, buddy, who's with us on the eight six four? Oh, another quarterback, Miss V. We are just QB one in it all over the place. What's going on, big man? How's life on the eight six four, man? You guys got some some rain up there or is it nice?
12: It's just
2: cold. It's been pretty nice. I like it, man. Hey, you know what, though, man? What is nice is that we're playing another game of high school football, and you're playing it with uh, the uh, the Epic 84, okay? So that means uh, you got some pretty good skills to throw around to. you got some great quarterbacks in the stable with you. You actually just heard uh, one of the young men, of course, Alex Lewis from Heathwood Hall. He's going to be one of your quarterbacks playing beside you. Of course, the kid from uh, Gaffney, Mr. Lindsay, he'll be back there with you. You may actually know him. I don't think too far away from you over there at Eastside, but man, how excited are you to be in this game? And, and and kind of give me when you saw your name pop up with the invitation, man. What went through your mind? I'm
12: super excited. You know, I just I felt super blessed when I got the when I got the invite because it's just one more chance to show people that you know I'm a good player. I can really prove myself. And although I did sign already to Stetson, which is something I'm super excited about. Yeah, you know, it's just it's just one more high school game, which I'm really excited about.
2: All right, so, uh, Mr. Skoloff, tell everybody, where have you signed that dotted line for those who haven't had an opportunity to see your social media?
12: I'm going to Stetson University. It's down in Deland, Florida.
2: Oh, man, you just are just taking it so tough down there in Deland, Florida, man. God knows oranges for days, sunshine for months, and uh, great weather. Boy, I tell you, that's a tough challenge for you down there going to Florida, huh? (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes sir
2: <laughs> what makes wh- why did you pick a, a place that yeah, you know, what's that it man what, what what made that be the great place for you and this new chapter that you're going to start writing that book here uh are you going early by the way or are you waiting and heading out there in the spring and summer
12: i'll be going there in june but um, i mean really there's a couple of reasons why i chose it but the main reason is that the coaches are just genuine good people. You know, I communicated with them back and forth the different coaches. And, you know, they're all real. They don't, you know, they don't lie to you about anything. They don't sugarcoat anything. Mm. They're honest and they're real people. And then it's not a huge school, and I didn't want to go to a huge school. I wanted to go to a school where, you know, I wouldn't get lost. and I can get a relationship with my professors and get a good education. And, I mean, it's in Florida, so there's nothing wrong with that. Ah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what I was telling you, man. You got orange juice for days and sunny, sunny, sunny. Sunny days ahead of you, man. So that's hey, that's pretty neat, man, to go down there to play. And, of course, uh, some of the great talent that did, that not only is born in Florida, that does travel to Florida, you'll be heading that way. You talked education, man. Let's do some education real quick. What are you going to major in?
12: That's something I'm not sure of. I'm thinking sports management, but I'm just not positive mm-hmm. yet. I really want to kind of feel it out my freshman year and see what I'm feeling and not feeling and then move on from there.
2: A lot of people go in thinking one thing and come out doing something else. I can tell you that yes, sir. I was very blessed go, I, <laughs> I went in with broadcast journalism and I came out with broadcast journalism and then I had enough hours to get sure, me sure. the business part of it too, man. But I mean, I can't wait. And the one thing I'm going to give, uh, I'd like to ask you to do while you're here this weekend is talk to a lot of these young men who haven't decided where to go and, and, and tell them the story of Stetson. And again, why power five is a great place, but, Stetson, man, it's home. It's small-town USA, but a college environment as well that you're getting that one-on-one attention, man, because there's so many guys that focus, right? They focus on those those Clemson and Alabamas and, and, and South mm-hmm. Carolinas, and, and right? But let's be reality, man. Okay. You have a chance to go to a place like Stetson, and, and I would imagine if you do what we know you could do in our state because we've been watching you, you go down there and do that down in Florida, man, you could be playing a lot sooner than, uh, than others if they go to another school that may be a little larger, huh?
12: Yes, sir. And that was part of the reason why I chose it, too. Is they don't have many quarterbacks on the roster. And, you know, I've been really working hard this offseason, getting away, getting faster, stronger, you know, doing the basic stuff to make me a better overall football player. So I really think I have a good chance going down there and playing really, really.
2: No, no doubt about it. So uh, I'm going to ask you the same question I've asked every young man that joined us on Monday from the lower state and you guys here in the upstate. Tell me a little about this school called Eastside. Where's this school located? And who's your head coach over there?
12: So Eastside is a 4A school located in Taylor, South Carolina. It's in Greenville County. Um, we mm-hmm. got about 1,400 kids. We're a 4A school. We really pride ourselves in football and blue collar, hard work. And Coach Andre Wilcox, our head coach, he was the head coach for the junior game for the West team. He's just a oh, great I guy. He's a genuine person. He's awesome.
2: He is an awesome guy. Very detailed, very organized. Is he not?
12: Yeah, extremely. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I've had a chance to – I took a picture with him, Darren, me and him and Coach Smitty, who coached the lower state. And, you know, he actually, by the way, Coach Wilcox, actually ended up winning me a steak dinner because the upstate beat the lower state. And I had to deal with the lower state, Coach, that if you win, then I'll buy you a dinner. And I told Coach Wilcox, lay the hammer down, Coach. I need a steak dinner out of Coach Smitty. And he got me that. So, yeah, Coach Wilcox is actually from the low country. I don't know if you know the story. He's actually from Timberland, which is not too far from where you guys are going to be playing. And he might have actually played against this team – uh, or at least in the stadium in this area that we're going to be playing in this weekend. And so it's good to, to see some of his prodigies, his work coming in here and being a, a quarterback with us this weekend. Yes, sir. Well, buddy, we wish you the best of luck, safe travels, safe travels with all due respect. I can't tell you enough, man, wear that seatbelt. We'll see you in the lobby tomorrow afternoon when you guys get in here. Okay.
12: Yes, sir. Thank you so much.
2: My pleasure. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Marshall Skoloff, the a quarterback out of East Side. Is he's moving on up over here to the uh, to the lower part of the state of South Carolina. Now we've got another one. The lines are loaded up, Coach. They've done good working in here. Coach Lewis has worked hard to get his guys in here with me. Eight oh three. You are up on Southern Sports Central. Who's with us? 803, who's with us, buddy? 932, who's with us on Southern Sports Central?
13: Yes, sir. It's Mason Floyd.
2: Mason Floyd. What's going on, big guy, man? Where are you calling from, man? What school are you, are you representing here tonight? Hey,
13: uh, ben Lippin.
2: Ben Lippin. Man, I tell you what, I like Ben Lippin. We spent some time there a couple weeks ago. You guys got a good facility, brother. Yes, sir. Don't go on that track, though. That's serious talk, isn't it? That tracks the that's that track's legit, man. That's one of the best tracks I've ever seen in 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 any around any football field, man. That's a that's a pretty amazing facility you guys get to play in, huh?
13: Yes, sir. It's nice. Very nice.
2: So talk to me about your season, big guy, man. Uh, you know, you get this invite to this uh this big game coming up. You guys, of course, uh, you know, y'all y'all had a pretty good season this year and uh of course everything coming into your senior season, but you had a lot of distractions off the field because of COVID and some things, but you guys stayed focused. You stayed focused, man. The numbers you, that you represent, man, very impressive, man. Uh, introduce yourself as far as your position and, and some of your highlights in your senior season here, buddy.
13: Uh, yes, sir. Uh, we have been when We just took it. Our coach told us we took it a day at a time, step by step. We didn't, we didn't play week by week. We played day by day. We took a practice at a time. And that really is what got us through the season. Um, we had some we had some mishaps with some players going out, and that caused some of us to move around in different positions. And Frank, quite frankly, I'm playing fullback in this game. Um, mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons I'm playing fullback is I had I moved from offensive line to fullback uh, this year um, due to some people being out with COVID. We switched up some packages on offense, and uh, I, re- I really liked it. And Coach Coach Reynolds, the uh, staff there, they really liked the way we ran it and we, we uh, I, got, I got to be able to show some speed on the edge and being able to bust up some lanes, and I'm hoping I can do that for some of these big-time guys in here um, Saturday.
2: I love your story. as We're live right now, of course, hanging out right now with Mason Floyd from Ben Lippin. Uh, played offensive line. He's a player's coach, a coach's player. Either way, how you look at it, he'll play where you need him, and he did that this year, and he moved to fullback. Now, you don't see that often, where you big guys go back there as a fullback, but you did it in style and that landed you here on, on this team. And we talk all about team together. Everybody achieves more and, and be a, be a we guy, not a me guy. Is that kind of, you know, how that thing felt? And if I'm not mistaken, your, your head coach was a Citadel guy. You know, he's a guy that I believe played his ball days over at the Citadel. So he has that very, uh, organized and discreet, uh, style of coaching as well. Correct.
13: Yes, sir. He, uh, he he he's been a big impact on me. Him and uh, uh, Coach James Reynolds and his brother Coach Jason they 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 really had a big impact on me. And they there's some of the reasons I actually I'm, I'm signed with the Citadel uh, to play OL. But I mean hmm. I love playing fullback. I, I like playing offensive line. I just I like being out there. And I'm I'm flexible with whatever. I just like playing the game.
2: Man, I tell you what, you're heading to the Citadel, brother. Uh, first of all, congratulations on that deal. Uh, because, uh, I got to tell you something, man, that's a ring. And I don't know if you heard me talking to somebody earlier, as I was saying, man, that's one of those things when you just kind of put your hand down, it just automatically guarantees you a lot of respect in a quick way. What do you want to achieve at of going to the Citadel? I know you want to play some football when you get there and you're going to do that on Saturdays and maybe some Wednesday, Thursdays and Fridays with these crazy schedules that the college football does now. But what are you looking at majoring in and, and, and why the Citadel, man? You're, it's, it's definitely a destination, for a young man or a young woman when you go there because of all the rules and regulations? Yes, sir. Um,
13: I, I've grown up around a lot of successful men that uh, impacted my life greatly, like my coaches, uh, family members, family friends, and they've all been to the Citadel. And I want to major in uh, business management there and hopefully be able to own my own business. I like the leadership. Um, I just I enjoy it. I, I, I like the structure of the Citadel. It's a great place to be from. It's it's an honorable school, as most of everybody in South Carolina knows, and it's 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 a it's a home that I'm ready to be at.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. Before you get there, we got some work for you this weekend, by the way. So this would be kind of a fun thing for you. I mean, you're playing here in college. Uh, you're going to come here and hang out with us to start the year. But uh, I, I want to tell you this. First of all, man, do me a favor. As I've mentioned this, and I will mention this, to anybody that's already committed to a school man utilize the knowledge the power the opportunity of your your testimony of how you landed this opportunity and, and how you chose this actual route that you'll be taking in your next chapter and talk to some of these guys that are not there yet man maybe they're looking for some guidance and some leadership and i tell you what coaches and, and guys that do what we do we can do this all day long but it's the it's the opportunity and relationship that you have that you will have with a lot of these young guys that i think uh, that your friends are going to lean on you for that leadership, man. And I tell you what, that's one thing that the Citadel is going to teach you, man, is, is leadership right off the rip, man. So you got a chance to show a lot of that this weekend. Yes, sir. Definitely. All right, buddy. Well, congratulations on making the team. Congratulations on finishing it up. You're not there yet, but boy, I tell you what, graduation to be here in no time, of course, committing to the Citadel is a big deal, but make sure you see us in the lobby uh, over the weekend. We got a media night on Friday night. We want you to make sure you're part of that. Uh, just come to the table. We'll put some a microphone in your hand. We'll talk a little shop with you. but uh, And most of all, man, just make some memories, have some fun, and uh, we'll catch up with you in the lobby.
13: Yes, sir. I'll see you there.
2: All right, guys. There you go. As we now head out of uh, Ben Lippen with Mason Floyd, we go now back to the 803. Let's see who's with us. Welcome to Southern Sports Central. You're with Richie Altman and Miss V here on Southern Sports Central. Who's with us? Eight oh three, we're checking in with you. Two nine two. Who's with us here on Southern Sports Central? Ronnie Porter. Oh, we got. I believe. Let's check. Let I me mean, check my notes before I get excited because I think uh, your coach actually sent me some information. This is the running back out of Heathwood, four thousand yards total, two hundred plus tackles past two season. He had offers, but is leaning towards taking a uh, preferred walk on to the. I underline the word the University of South Carolina. Of course, uh, man, I got to be honest with you, man. I, I'm 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 an alumni, a former athlete over there, and I like the way that sounded. That sounded pretty good with your name and the Gamecocks. But I don't want to push you too hard, buddy. But I do want to thank you for coming in here tonight and talking the football with us.
10: Yes, sir. Thank you for having
2: me. It's a pleasure, man. We talked to your coach. We talked to your quarterback. Now we're talking to the running back y'all well the other well one of many running backs i can't really say that because you guys got a incredible stable of running backs in this lineup man we just actually had mason floyd who's going to be taking some reps back there with you as well man uh so so tell me man who is ronnie porter man Uh, what kind of guy are you man and and what's some of the things that you've uh taken out of your chapter here in high school football as you'll play your final game on uh saturday as far as high school is concerned
10: uh so Ronnie Porter, I'm just a guy like that wants to like learn and like be the best. I want to be the best no matter what, whether that's, like on or off the field. I've been um I've been chasing that ever since I was I can remember. Like my mom would always preach that to me. Uh, my uncle would always preached that to me. Like my whole family preached that to me. I'm a guy that, like values family, so that's why I, that's why I, that's why I think about into the game of football because football is like family to me because everybody's like your brother. So that's why football is a special thing to me. And something I think from a... Uh, for my school, it's just, like, hard work and dedication in and out of the classroom. Like, at my school, it's a high academic school. So, like, I am I spend, like, six hours of homework. At, I spend, like, six hours at home, like, six hours a week, I would say, like, doing homework. And then um, you got to lock in for football. So, time management and um, hard work, that's what I would take out my whole life experience.
2: Yeah, four thousand yards later. I bet so big guy, man. What kind of grade point average are you looking at right now, man? How's your grades looking?
10: Uh, a three point one. I'm doing. I'm finishing well. Like, like I said, I transferred from uh, airport. Well, from former middle school, when I was gonna go to airport, and it's my mm-hmm. first time. Like, mom sees people as a good education opportunity. So, um, sure. so at first, like everybody's gonna struggle at first. It was something new, and it was like a high, like college um, pre- preparation school. So. It was a challenging. I got to hang together with my, the Heathwood community. They all helped me out. We came together, and I got, like, got a grip
2: on it, and it's the best decision I made. Ain't no doubt about it. We're live right now with Ronnie Porter. He's a running back, guys, from Heathwood. He has 4,000 total yards, 200-plus tackles in the past two seasons, uh, and, and we talk about it. And you're exactly right there. Is, uh, I'll be honest with you, Ronnie. It is a tough thing when you guys go from from transitioning from from a school like airport, good school, no doubt, but you go to heathwood who who is is well known for their academics. They are a standard at at best right there at the top, one of the best schools there in the state with the academic numbers and you can see it yourself, but you know, I applaud you for taking a challenge like that, man. I mean again, yeah, you took a challenge in moving and, and taking a chance to go into a new place that you know you had to you had to earn yourself once again, right, and not only on the football field, but you had to do it in the classroom and here, all this hard work, all this hard work. You know, you got guys like Shane Beamer who by the way is a five-star dude on and off the field as well. You know, um, is um, is ready to, um, is ready to look at having you wearing that, uh, that, that good looking Jersey on Saturdays and some other days throughout the week. So, uh, I got to tell you, man, I'm proud of you. I can't even begin to tell you how much I can tell you to have the numbers on the field and you see the great point average there, you know, mirroring that as well, man, that's a great job. You you know, you're putting in the work off the field. And, and I think honestly, because if you're disciplined with those six hours, it's carrying to the discipline on the football field, man. And that's something that down the road that you'll be glad that you, you took these steps because college, you know, I keep telling a lot of young guys, man, is that, you know, you guys in your senior class here, y'all are kind of getting an early breakthrough moment, of what it's like to go to college, right? Because you guys are doing some online learning possibly. And, and this is very similar to how college is, man. Look, you got to, you want it, you got to get it. And when you're not in a classroom setting, if you're e-learning for some kids, you know, again, it it takes a lot of what we call what discipline and you got to have that in football, but if you don't have it in the classroom, it's going to show on the football field.
10: Yes, sir. I agree with that.
2: Now let me ask you this, man, you got the invitation, you're coming down here to, to, to lay some uh, <laughs> lay down some law with us here this weekend. What were three goals, man, that you maybe have put together? Or have you put uh, three goals together for some things you helped to accomplish this weekend as you're around 84 or 83, including yourself making 84 of the epic c- c- cats and uh, the class of 21? Well,
10: uh, first, um, I just want to like build relationships. I know like uh, a bunch of guys are going to different places, and it's like that's the best part meeting new people and play relationships for the future. Like, the main thing about this game, like, at the end of this game, we're going to, like, get to know each other. We're going to know each other more. I'm um, going to have more friends. And you're going to branch out to the world. So that's the main thing. I want to get to build relationships with different people. Two we're probably gonna compete because um, I want to play, like, play the best of the best. So I want to get ready to play the best of the best. So I find that interesting. I like competition. And three, I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to learn from the coaches. I'm ready to learn from the players. Other, I'm ready to learn from, like, I have that other players, the coaches. So, lot of people around me, so I just
2: want to become better you know, compete so yeah, no doubt about it as you're kit- kicking up four thousand yards and uh two hundred plus tackles uh in just in two seasons. Ronnie Porter joining us here, uh, one of our final guests on our visit around the roster of the western. Side of the epic eighty-four, the big time Senior Bowl, brought to you by, of course, the South Carolina High School Blitz and your truly, Southern Sports Central, along with the guys at Shuts and, of course, V There's a lot of guys, a lot of women, and and everybody that that took this thing and had to work together. Miss V, you're one of these uh, amazing. Miss V, by the way, Ronnie, uh, you know, I want you to chime in, Miss V, because I, I know that this young lady never sleeps. Ronnie, she's been getting at you guys <laughs> on the inbox nonstop. <laughs> But you know what? Trust and believe me, it's all worth it when you guys uh, get out of the car and see all these smiling faces and beautiful places down here in uh, Somerville, South Carolina.
8: Yeah, it is. I mean, while it's happening, it's like, oh, my gosh, this is never going to end. But come game day and the toss of the corn, may actually it happens before that it's when you see them showing up in the hotel and they start mm-hmm. to greet each other and and they start to create bonds and and all the talk that they've been doing in the chat um messages uh they come you know close together and and they meet each other some for the first time on the same side as opposed to um opponents that come together as teammates and and they start establishing, like you said, want to establish these relationships, and and it all starts like that. And it's when that's when they feel like it's, it's it's all been worth it because you see the smiles on their faces and the gratitude and the and and just the politeness of the guys, and it makes it all worthwhile. It really does, just to see them come and enjoy themselves and build the relationships that they they said they want to build. So. And then the next day when it's time for the captains to walk out to the middle of the field, then, you know, it just warms your heart. And that makes it all worthwhile.
2: I totally agree with you, buddy. I want to say this on behalf of all of us at Southern Sports Central, the South Carolina High School Blitz and uh, just everybody across the board, man, thank you for the time, the memories, the moments, the histories uh, that you uh, I would imagine that you created down there at Heathwood, man, but we look forward to you bringing all that talent here with us this weekend, and uh, we, again, we say the same to every athlete from Monday to here Wednesday, but buckle up, drive safe, get here, you know, uh, when when you can get here uh, safe and sound, and we can't wait to fist bump you in in the lobby, big man. Yes, sir, I can't wait. Thank you. My pleasure, ladies and gentlemen. How about that one? Ronnie Porter, our final guest, if not uh, here, at least on this show. We may get a few more uh, that may drop by in the next uh, 10 minutes. If not, you know, I did give uh, Coach Danny Lewis uh, a big thumbs up because, uh, Coach, you did a great job. You rallied your troop. He is the uh, very I, – I don't want to take it away from Coach Wilcox. I don't want to take it away from, from Coach Smitty or, or, or Coach Ford, but I'm going to tell you something. Coach Lewis is uh, – he's going to run this weekend like a college program, and he's got 25 years of coaching. You, I don't know if you heard uh, him earlier, Miss V, but he coached at the Citadel. He coached at South Carolina State. He coached at South Carolina, Middle Tennessee. He played football, by the way, at Charleston Southern. So uh, I'd say he knows a little bit about what it takes to get to college.
8: Uh, yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so. He's been – I guess it was a, better, a lack of a better word. He's been around the block a little bit. <laughs>
2: yeah, and that block consisted of Ellis Johnson – Right, you got Buddy Pugh and Lou Holtz, just to name a few of his closest, uh, I guess, mentors, if you will. And uh, and he did something good as well by rec- he went and went recruited coaches, right? That have all either a played with him at the Citadel, coach with him at, the, or excuse me, coached with him at the Citadel. One guy actually he recruited when he was at the Citadel. So he's actually going to have a guy on his staff that he recruited as a high school kid to come play football at the Citadel. But you know, these are the stories. These are the moments. These are the opportunities that you know. And I encourage our our players, but but I don't hesitate to not to tell the the, the coaches same thing. Hey, shake hands and or, or fist bump. You know, I guess socially distance. However, you need to, to 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 get to know these coaches, man. Because again, there's so many memories and moments that are going to um, they're going to be made uh, this weekend on different levels. I know you and I came out with a lot of you know new connections to coaches from our junior game and the senior game is, is, is as we say, epic, man. It's going to be an epic weekend that starts uh, in less than, shoot, you know, we're not far from saying 12 hours because at 1 o'clock we'll be reporting uh, at the hotel for the coaches and uh, all of us will be hanging out with those guys first.
8: Uh, yeah, you're right about that. And it all starts then. And, and as we tell the the players all the time, you know, You never know who you're going to meet on the way up or the way down. Um, And you never know that the chance or just this one weekend experience together creates bonds that uh, will never be broken. And um, we oftentimes, those guys oftentimes become recruiters of their own once they get to the schools that they're going to, you know, they'll, can talk to the coaches and staff of the college that they end up and say, Hey, you know, I played with him. You know, he's a good, you know, he's a good player, you know, that kind of thing like that. And then of course with the coaches, coaches, you may meet on this level. You never know where you may meet him in the next level. Cause coaches move around. Like, you know, I don't know what, so you never know <laughs> uh, what relationship you form and how they may take you in the future.
2: Yeah, I agree with you, and it's almost like if you know you sat there and heard Ronnie's border story, where he could be playing over there at of course uh, South Carolina. Well, guess what? So is uh, Mr. Blake, who uh, will be here this weekend. So is the running back over there at uh, at Sumter, and the uh, the big man from Marion, right? So there's going to be a lot of Gamecocks uh, here this weekend, and there's going to be some other guys. Uh, they're going to be playing Florida and, and North Carolina is going to be in the house. There's going to be some other schools that, again, I don't want to leave out the guys at the other schools. I don't like to say the smaller schools, but I like to call them the other schools because I got a lot of respect for for this man, you know, Skolov. you know, when Marshall talked about going to Stetson. I mean, is that a bad deal? You get to go hang out in Florida and play football all all, all year? I mean, come on. That's,
8: an, that's a great attitude from looking at it, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You got to know what's going to make you successful you know not what everybody else does but everybody has their right. own path and and you gotta figure out what path is best for you not because it's something that everybody else do but it's harder to do something different um and that shows real character and it shows that you're in you know in control of of your destiny and you're listening to um what is best for you and not just what would be more popular
2: you know, there's a couple of things that come to mind with me, Ms. V. When I decided University of South Carolina, and again, I had, you know, some other schools. I had LSU, I had Florida State, Florida, uh, Miami, you know, was on my roster, was on my list. NC State, because Coach Tanner at the time was at NC State, was on my radar. But it was one of those things that, you know, I wanted to go somewhere where I knew that, that when I got done with college, could I live in this town? Could I could I stay in this town and create a family and create a life, right? And I could have been in Columbia, but the job brought me down to Charleston, but it started in Columbia. And and for me, you know, that was a big choice, you know, grow where you can go where you can grow. That's number one. And and number two, pick a college that that you need to understand that for three or four years, you're going to be in that town day in and day out. You're becoming a citizen in that town. So these people are going to know you. Those are the people that are going to hire you. And then the other side that I didn't think about this, Miss V is yes. A lot of these guys will be recruiters, right? Yes. For college. But I wonder how many of these guys are going to be business owners or bosses yeah. at a job that one day you might mm-hmm. need to call them and say, man, you remember back in 2021? Well, 2020, but we carried it in a mm-hmm. 21. Well, we played on that senior game. Man, that was yeah. fun, wasn't it? Hey, by the way, you hired over there because I need a job. <laughs> so so mm-hmm. you, you need to think about tomorrow and not just worry about today because today's got its own thing. And I believe we don't have a lot of time, but I am going to head over to maybe our final call at the 803. Who's with us real quick? Sad this What's going on, big yeah. man? How's life?
5: It's good. It's good. It's All
2: good. right, man. So I'm going to give you the breakdown. Tell us where you're calling from, your school, your position, for those who don't have the the, the roster in front of them. Sad this I'm
5: cornerback number eight from Blackwood High School. Yes, sir.
2: Now, what – so, so of course, uh, talk a little bit about your position because you're the first young man that's been able to call in from this side of the ball, at least the, the the back side of the ball over here, man. Yo, what are you looking forward to in this game, big man? What are you looking to gain in this game, and, and who are you looking to cover on Saturday? Anybody in particular?
5: Uh, I'm just looking to guard the best, man. I'm gonna check out, check them out uh, during the practice and stuff, and and stuff. I'm just, I'm just looking to go against the best in the state. That's that's my I love it, man. for it. I like <laughs> I love to compete against
2: the best. Well you're gonna get a chance to do just that here again, uh, as you'll be seeing some guys on the so you're gonna be doing a little scouting. Is that what I'm hearing? You'll be a little scouting, kinda of looking over your shoulder throughout some of your your uh, in between some drills. Just a little bit, just a
5: little bit. <laughs> yes,
2: sir. All right, so you saw your name come up with Miss V sending you uh, you know, kind of a hey, how you doing? You got an invitation from Southern Sports Central, the high school blitz, and the whole nine yards. All of us to come in here and compete. Did you have you set three goals that you want to be a part of, uh, or you want to accomplish? Excuse me, this weekend.
5: Um, I wouldn't say I have a total of three, but my main goal is the uh, is to come out with an with an award. Hopefully, that's the defensive player of the game. All right.
2: You want that belt. That's what you, that's what he wants, Ms. V. He wants that belt. Yeah, yeah. He wants to take home that belt. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Tell me something about Blythewood. I know, by the way, I know your baseball coach over there pretty well. Um, good friends coach with that guy. Faulkner. He used to coach it. Oh, Coach Faulkner, man. You tell Coach Faulkner you were on Southern Sports Central next time you talk to him, and, and, and hopefully he says good things. I think he will. He, used to, he won a state championship down here at Somerville where he and I became really good buddies, man. He's a great guy. He's a great motivator. And uh he's a hard working guy. But uh I gotta be honest with you, man. It's um it, it's an honor to finally get a chance to talk to some of the guys on the football side of things, man.
5: Yes, sir. Well Blackwood, man, I I can't say nothing, but we got athletes, man. Um, oh yeah. We got plenty of ballers, Joshua Burrell, Florida State, DJ Hutterston, uh Noble Cooper, Brown University, Trevor Timmons, UNC Starlet, and and we have maybe five other people with offers. Uh we definitely slept on and we got plenty of other ballers but uh that was just to name a couple. Um unfortunately we didn't get much time Where our head co- our uh new head coach that came in my sophomore year to so, uh mm-hmm. completely put in the game plan and, and get and get everything in the rhythm. But uh Blackfield is definitely gonna be a state championship con, uh, contender in the next couple of years with Coach Sidell over there.
2: Well, you had a lot to do with the big man, building that foundation because that's where it starts at. Um, don't have a whole lot of time, but I want to ask you, man, as you graduate this year, have you have you looked ahead at colleges any, anywhere in particular? Have you committed yet? Or, or what's that college future look like for you?
5: Um, I haven't committed yet. I still have offers running in. Right now I have 10. Um But I'm looking to sign February 3rd and uh, hopefully commit late late January.
2: What kind of education, man? I know you're going to play football, but when you walk out of there and you take the one thing that nobody can take from you and getting that that college degree, man, what's that piece of paper going to say? You got any idea on that direction?
5: Uh, Either business or physical therapy, one of the two.
2: Hey man, I like, you. you might be able to do both. Hey, why not? You're going to be there a little while. Might as well get as much as you can from the school, man. So we're going to do a media night on Friday night. Miss V and I will be doing a special show tomorrow night. Usually she does a show here on Southern sports central on Thursday. So her and I will do some stuff together tomorrow night as well in the lobby. Anytime you see Southern sports, if you see us, walk on by, have a conversation with us. And of course we'll put the game on the big screen on Saturday, but let's enjoy the time together. I can't wait to meet you big guy. And, uh, Just, again, drive safe, buckle up, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow afternoon around 3 o'clock. How's that sound?
5: Yes, sir, for sure.
2: All right, buddy. God bless you. Take care, and we'll look forward to watching your ball out this weekend.
5: Okay. All right. Thank you.
2: All right, guys, there you go. And that will be our final caller as we are now two minutes away from the top of the hour. Great guest list. And, Coach, Danny Lewis, you have succeeded every task we gave you from giving us the roster to putting a an itinerator together to impressing us on your call in at seven o'clock and you did it in style with every, I can't even name them all this because there's a ton of the guys on the <laughs> sheet, but for every guy that took time out of their amazingly Wednesday night, thank you so much. We're going to do a lot with you as we are 90 seconds away from the end of the show. I want to thank all the players from the West, their head coach from the West coach, Danny Lewis, that joined us. And of course, uh, David, Shelton from the Post and Courier joined us, and you'll see him, guys, this weekend as well. And, of course, I was hanging out just earlier with um, Brandon Biscoe Bing. He'll do his show Friday from the Grand Strand, from the Beach Ball Classic area, and I'll be helping him out as well. Uh, Ms. V, let's uh, let's plan a date tomorrow night, tomorrow afternoon, you and I, 1 o'clock.
8: We'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there. I can't wait.
2: No doubt, guys. On behalf of all of us at Southern Sports Central and the High School Blitz, we thank you for all of your, well, time here tonight. It's been three solid hours and a ton of solid guests. But, oh, my, it is going to be three solid days of broadcasting. Follow us on Facebook, Southern Sports Central, and on Twitter at So Central. This has been a Southern Sports Central production radio show. We'll be back live again tomorrow at 6 o'clock, guys. Until then, God bless. Take care. We'll see you soon.